The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Now I'm in a better place. So what was the decision to jump into the podcasting arena? There's not know, enough podcasts in the world? Well, that was certainly <laughs> one. Um, it is the law. No, you know, it was a bunch of things. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> if you had said to me, <clears throat> ten, when did you start, 2009? Yeah. And what year, what year did you become the king of podcasting? Five years ago, probably. Five years ago, okay. So if you said to me 10 years ago, podcasting is going to be huge. Um, it's really going to be where media moves. It's where people are. It's going to be bigger than radio at its height. I'd say, are you crazy? <laughs> but you know, partly because of you, uh, it did, and so it's sort of undeniable now. And um, I also was out to dinner too many times with people who said, you know, you're so interesting to talk to when it's not about politics. You know, you should do a podcast that's not about politics. And I was always saying, well, first of all, my network would never let me do that. They own my ass. They pay me very well for exclusivity. But I found out that actually, you know what? I can if I ask nicely, and they were nice about it, um, and do it in a very different way, which is what we did. I could do a podcast um, and have it not be about politics. And it's a whole new audience because... There's just a lot of people who are turned off to politics and don't want to talk about politics and don't want to hear about it. And sometimes I'm that guy. Sometimes I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. And there's too many people who are divorced from, shall we say, knowing things. You know, <laughs> I had this. That's a great way to put it. Divorce from knowing things is a great way to put it. I mean, they're still, they're not, I'm not saying they're dumb, not at right. all. They're just, I had this uh, guy on. Uh, we tape we hadn't dropped yet uh, and um, I said to him he asked me sort of the same question why are you doing this podcast and I was going through this very similar explanation I said for example on real time last week the two topics we talked about were the ACLU and NATO and he's 30 and he said yeah I don't know what either one of those are <laughs> I said exactly this is the problem or the solution is that we can have this nice conversation you're a bright guy but I can't you you would not be that interested in real time because even though it's a comedy show and there's a lot of funny stuff that you know anybody could laugh at yeah when it comes to the panel discussion it was mostly about NATO and um the ACLU whereas this show you know the podcast you know it's just about anything it's just much more personal and you know I can be like dressed like this. I'm not the guy in the suit and the tie and the white shirt with perfect hair. And um, I can just, you know, and also I can, like we're doing here, uh, be much more uh, free would be the word I would say before we could, we had to dance around the fact that, no, we can get baked. We can drink and we can smoke and we can, which is what we would do normally. And I felt like, you know, there's there's not a lot of podcasts that have a nighttime feel. And I had a place in my house that was, like, perfect for that. And we kind of made it into a club. We called it Club Random. And I said, you know, I get high with people here anyway, like one night a week just having fun. If I just turned the cameras on, we'd have a fucking show. Yeah, that's awesome. 
It's great that HBO is wise enough to let you do that too, because I think it would only enhance your show. Well, it, it's not going to take away from it. We we already have from the commentary from when people write in to YouTube and so forth saying, "Oh, I'm going to take a look at real time now." Yeah, and I, that was part of my argument was like, if you want to get anyone under forty who don't follow politics that well, you're going to have to fish somewhere else than where you've been fishing. Yeah, and when you do fish in this new pond, you will get people who will come over to your pond. Well, I think one of the things that opened up a lot of people to your show during the pandemic, uh, especially, was these clips that you guys were putting up. And I think that having those kind of clips, those kind of, you know, uh, viral clips of some of your monologues and some of your rants, I think those opened up a lot of younger people to it yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, well, Sa of course same kind of thing, like using an alternative media. Yes, and of course, nowadays we live in a, a time when people digest things not necessarily in the form that they were made. They get little clips. I mean, I, James Corden does singing in a car with people, the karaoke. Right. A lot of people see that much more than who stay up till 12.30 and watch that whole show right. through their toes like they used to Johnny Carson and sit through commercials. I mean, I don't. I honestly don't know how those shows still last in the year 2022. Who would sit there <clears throat> and watch commercials that take up probably 30% of the show, but I guess it still must work. There's something there still, but it's a trap format. You know, those kind of trap formats that only appear at a certain time and they're only good for a certain amount of, you know, minutes before they have to cut the commercial. It's just so limiting. There's so, uh, you know. It seems an anachronism yeah. to me in, in this day and age. Um, but, you know, I do a show that uh, it has no commercials. That's the difference. You can watch it all the way through. Yeah. But uh, I, I certainly know that people atomize it, rather. They, they just want to watch the rant I do at the end, or they just want to watch the monologue or the comedy bit or a certain guest. I mean, I had Mamet on. I know you had Mamet on this week. Boy, he really wants to sell that book. He's an interesting guy. I love him. A fascinating guy. I, you know, like you, you would never know who he is until you sit down and talk to him, but just by his work. Well, I mean, I said to him, "You're a lot funnier than people know." <laughs> yeah. That his reputation yeah. is the tough guy, you right. know, fuck this, and and really, he's very funny. Yeah, I saw a play he wrote in New York <clears throat> in 2008 called November. It was a political thing, but it was just like a, a one laugh after another. It was just. I said to him, it's like it's like a Neil Simon play if Neil Simon had ever been funny. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and <laughs> just people really laughing in the theater every 30 seconds. Laugh, 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 laugh. That is not how people think of David Mamet. And, you know, his book I read, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I don't agree with every single thing in it, but there is a certain type of person, and he is one of them, that just has this breadth of knowledge that comics like us – as much as we might try and kind of stay up and read, we're just not in that league. And I'm, you know, it's like yeah. I, I couldn't play basketball with the Lakers either. You know, <laughs> I just, there are just people like that Salman Rushdie, people who are just, they've read everything, they know everything. And so when they write a book like that, they're very often making references to things I know. Oh, I know that name. Yeah. And then you tell me something, oh, I didn't know that about it. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Right. And it's just, 
it's 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 almost like the cliff notes for being a true intellectual. Yeah, there's some stunningly well-read people out there, and when you talk to them on a podcast, you realize like, oh, I would have never known there's right. people like you if I wasn't talking to you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm so glad that they can read everything because I just don't have that. George Will is another yeah. one who just has this. I mean, he's 80 and he still writes these amazing columns every week that, again, I don't do I always agree with every word? No, but every word is a fantastic word. I mean, the way he can put together sentences and he must do it not quite on the fly, but with this, I mean, amazing output of I would say at least two or three times a week he put, produces this column. And then books. I had him on like a year ago for a, a doorstop. It was like this. It was you know, six <laughs> inches thick. And it was like a compendium of everything that you'd ever want to know about conservatism in America. It's like, wow, I just, I mean, I can't, I just don't, I, that's not my brain. And I don't even wish it was because I don't think I'd be as happy. No. Well, it's you, we need you, and we need him, too. This this is why we need a lot of different kinds of right. people. and you. Yeah, you're not going to be that guy and also be a great stand-up. No. It's like, it's, right. you don't have the time. You can't do everything. You right. Don't, you don't necessarily, but I think one of the things you said that's so important is I don't agree with everything they say. That's, like, I don't agree with a lot of things a lot of people say, but I right. still want to hear them talk. Absolutely. That's what's missing today. The Co polarization in this correct. country, and I think a lot of it accentuated by the relationship that people had with Trump. It turned people into this, like, you're one or zero. You, you know, you're with us or correct. against us. And I think that's bonkers. No, it is. I mean, what it's funny. For the first time in my life, I'm really getting a mixed audience at stand-up shows. Nice. Mixed, I'm talking about politically. Yeah. that's That really doesn't happen anymore in America. Maybe it happens to you somewhat. I get it, for sure. I get yeah. I get blue hairs and cowboy hats. I get all, yeah, I get all kinds of weirdos that come, right. you know? <laughs> but, but you get, I'm talking about liberal Democrats yeah. plus conservative Republicans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they're weird. It's a weird mingling sometimes when I meet them out in public. Right. Sometimes, sometimes it's like old ladies. That's That one freaks me out. Well, I think that's because... We are both seen as people who are sort of like commonsensical. And that yes. is what there is a hunger for, I think, in America more than anything, is common sense. Yes. The, uh, away from the extremes. I mean, when people say to me, you know, you're, uh, don't you think you've gotten more conservative? No, I haven't. The left has gotten goofier. Yes. So I seem more conservative, maybe, but like... It's not me who changed. Yes. I feel I'm the same guy. But five years ago, uh, you know, we hadn't spent $6 trillion to stay home. I mean, I understand we had to do something with the pandemic. I'm not sure that was, you know, I mean, I remember when a trillion dollars was too much to spend on anything. We didn't spend a trillion to bail out the yeah. economy in 2008. Um, so we didn't do that. Five years ago, no one was talking about abolishing the police, you no. know, there was no talk about, uh, you know, <laughs> pregnant men, and, you know, I mean, there was just, looting was yeah. still illegal. Right. <laughs> you know, isn't there, that crazy? There was just, there's, so like, have I changed? No, because if someone had said 20 years ago, I, I, I'm not sure looting is a bad thing. I would have opposed it then. See, yeah. I, so I haven't changed. But that, I think, is what there is this hunger for, is this sort of common sense. I, you know, centrism is such a wishy-washy word. 
But that's sort of what it is. Some people lean a little more to the left, a little more to the right. Sometimes it's issue by issue. But just, you know, I'm always saying to the Democrats, just don't be the party of no common sense. And you will be surprised at how much amazing <laughs> success you will have yeah. as opposed to what's going to have happen, which is they're going to get their ass kicked in November. Well, people like you are very important to people like me because you represent what means what it means to me to be liberal, what it means to me to be left wing, because you're just a normal person who cares about people's rights and wants a certain amount of freedom and wants the you know, people to get along and work things out amicably. Right. But the polarization of this country has made it so that people like you are rare. It's weird. It's like that's what I used to think of when I thought of the left. I thought of like professors and, you know, intellectuals and these these people that would sit down and work through things with the understanding that free speech is like one of the most important aspects of communication possible and communication is everything. Communication is how we work things out. Like this idea of not talking to people you disagree with. Well, guess what? That just galvanizes them. They just get hardened and they move further and further away and we get more and more associated with this idea of left and right and uh, good and bad and you know, one and zero and this side does not agree with anything that side says. That's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And if you're out there doing it, it gives people hope. And it's not just where you're saying common sense. You do have common sense. But more importantly, you have courage because courage allows you to speak your mind whether you're right or wrong. Courage allows you to take a chance and you're seeing the wave of people that are moving in a certain direction that doesn't necessarily make sense. And you're like, hey, what the fuck is going on? And everybody's like, finally, someone's saying it on TV. Right. Because maybe someone yeah. said it at a cocktail party, maybe someone right. said it at a barbecue, mm. but they're not fucking saying it on HBO until you say it on HBO. Well, thank you, I appreciate that. I mean, It means I, a lot. I always say, you know, there's levels of courage. There's like, yeah, I mean, I will, I will take that compliment as long as I can also say, but there's like, Marines, love yeah, you're not, a, you're not a Navy <laughs> yeah, SEAL, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, exactly. You're not no. even a woman I'm, about to give birth. I, I, I'm in the D League. <laughs> yes, you know, in the D League, I have a lot of courage, but I'm well, not playing in the upper league. What you have is I, honesty. But thank you. Yes, you have the, honesty. Well, it's, and that it's, and people know that, and that's right. why your show works. And that's also, I always feel like what my bond with the audience is. Yes, like you don't have. When I started uh, way back on Politically Incorrect, almost 30 years ago. Um, People said, you know, this show will never work because a TV host can never reveal his politics. I mean, Johnny Carson never right. did. Leno didn't. David Letterman. You, they never said, I'm voting for this guy. Whereas, I mean, you obviously know who all the late night hosts are for now. Right. I mean, it's a completely one-sided thing. They have to pander to the liberal audience, which is watches them. It's, it's, so, it's so reverse of when I started. It's bonkers. When you couldn't be political. And now you couldn't survive, apparently, in late night television unless you are political, unless the audience knows exactly that you're, and I would put Saturday Night Live in this too. It's, uh, I think Elon Musk uh, took them to task. He said, it doesn't seem like a show that's about comedy anymore so much as it, a, it is about declaring some woke doctrine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, having people, the people who go to those shows and uh, are in the, I guess, where they film them and stuff. Uh, I, my audience was was too doctrinated for a while. We, 
we have a much better audience now because we kind of got rid of the groaners, the people for whom I was always too politically incorrect. And I was like, I've been doing this forever. The names of the shows, politically incorrect, real time. And you still come to this show and groan when I say something too real? What fucking show did you think you were coming to? Because they do film The Price is Right in the same studio. <laughs> do you think that the way it's going right now with late night television where you, you everyone has to be political, is that what the audience wants or is that what the executives in the studio wants? Are they, like, who is, are they one step behind... Like what, where where is the the mandate coming from? Is it the person who's the host who says, you know what I know works in this town? If I want to keep working, I have to be like outwardly well, left leaning, progressive, political. Look, it's I think it's coming from both because corporations in America now um, are they're leaning know, in or what? They're leaning into woke, <laughs> hardcore. They're, they're they're petrified yeah. of some kind of backlash. I mean, you see with, with Disney now. I mean, Disney, one of the most gay-friendly companies that we've had in a very long time, um, as they should be. All companies should be gay-friendly. But Disney sort of, they had gay days yeah. at Disney, what is it, World, Land? I don't know. I'm not at Disney. I think it was You'll, the L.A. one, right? never find me in I think it's Land. It. Disneyland is the original. That's right. That's Disney LA. World is in Florida. Right. You'll never find me sitting in a teacup, Joe. Okay. So <laughs> I love teacups. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is in in my category of things that only children used to do that now adults do. I mean, uh, if I had a nickel for every time somebody said, you know, I'm going to Disneyland, and I'm like, with your kids? No, we're just going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, you know, there is that. There is. Corporations, I think, yes, are always going to want to. And look, I'm glad they are progressive thinking. Of course, like with everything on the left these days, they just take it too far. But I think it's coming from the audience more because the audience who goes to a taping of Saturday Night Live or a show like that, they're youngish and, you know, they. Um, they believe what they believe. A lot of the things I also believe. Uh, but it's it's sort of an unexamined, like, they don't know too much about politics. They just know that, and again, you mentioned Trump doing this. Like, he mm-hmm. was so awful that it's just very easy to turn off to the details and go, well, I'm with the Democrats and the left. He was so <clears throat> polarizing that if you supported him, right. you weren't supporting his policies at all. You were supporting the personality. It was more, right? It's also, I mean, from my point of view, the, the Republicans, they don't believe in climate change and the emergency of that. Is that a generalization? I, that's pretty true. <laughs> Is they all the Republicans, don't believe in climate change? Well, they certainly don't act like they do. What do they believe if they don't believe in climate they, change? They, for years, they, they put up one bullshit talking point after another that they knew was false. Like they would get a hold of a Newsweek from 1982 that had a cover story that said the earth is cooling. Oh, look, mm. the earth is cooling for now it's heating. Well, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Or they would take one data point on the timeline like there was a, a you know, because it doesn't go in a straight line climate if you measure it year by year. But we see the trend. So they would take like 1998, I think, was a year when it was exceptionally hot. 
and then it went down again. And so look at the line, and you can draw a graph to make it look like it is. If you don't think it's happening and it's an emergency, now what we do about it is a different story. But for years they just denied it. They went right from denying it to, okay, well it's happening, but now it's too late. So look, we are all just going to enjoy it. I've said it many times. America and the world in general has decided we are Telma and Louise. We're, we're, we're holding hands and we're just driving off the Grand Canyon. And as long as we're doing that, I'm not going to be the only one who's not having a good time with the earth. But, you know, we anyway, my point was they don't believe in really uh, what emergency that is. And they also don't really believe in democracy anymore. So I do think the Republicans at, at this moment are worse. I think they've always been worse and completely unsavable unless they switch on that. Uh, whereas the Democrats, I think, are savable, uh, I- even though they're so fucking goofy. And when people say, you know, you, you never used to make fun of the left as much because they didn't give me the material. Uh, and now they're so ridiculous on so many things that as a comedian, of course, I'm going to go where the material is. Isn't it fascinating that the warming of the actual planet mm. itself <clears throat> became so political and so polarizing that like you, if you're a person, like it's for example, like if you're a person on the left, you basically, uh, I think most people on the left believe in a, a, a woman's right to choose. <clears throat> so most, like most people believe right. in abortion rights. Right. Whereas if you think about the environment, like that's one of those ones. If you tell me you don't believe that the, the earth is warming, I go, oh, it's a right wing guy. I wonder if he's like one of them like hardcore and rind right wing guys. Like what kind of right wing guys? Is he, is he immediately though? If you don't believe in climate change, I assume you're just on the right. But I've talked to a lot of people that are on the left that don't believe in it either. Really? They, yeah. Like who? It's a, not that they don't believe in it, but they believe that there's this long. It's a fascinating well, the, conversation because <clears throat> I, I j- honestly don't have an opinion other than it's dangerous if the if the Earth warms. I don't have an opinion about well, the science. They, well, of I it. mean there. There's, it's not an opinion, and it's not something you believe in. It's not a religion. Of course, it's, it's science. A, it's a real scientific fact. And right, but what I'm course, saying is we've had two different people come on that analyze the science from two very different viewpoints, yeah. and they both had incredibly compelling points. No, no, you can. I mean, there are things that the left should hear about the climate that they wouldn't know. Uh, George Will writes about it often um, that are true things. and But they don't, at the end of the day— change the basic theme here, which is that the earth is warming. That probably isn't good. It's coming from man. I mean, it's not just, there are cycles, of course, in weather and climate in the earth, but this is something different. Those cycles happen too. And look, maybe somebody will come along and invent some great machine that- Sucks the carbon out. Absolutely, or some shit like that. I, I hope they do because- uh, if if they don't, we're fucked because no one's really going to do anything about it. We're just not equipped to handle problems that happen slowly. Right. And, you know, we're the proverbial frog, frog in the boiling pot. And, and, it's, and the thing, we are hooked on convenience. I mean, I did a thing on my show one night about little Greta from Sweden, you know, the teenager who's always, what's her name, uh, Greta... Thunberg or Thunberg, yeah. Okay, so uh, how and, dare you, uh, <laughs> that girl, <laughs> little little Greta, you know, with the scowl on her face, and I showed that she had like 11 million followers on uh, Instagram, and uh, Kylie Jenner, who's about the same age, a little older, but 
very close, has like 300 million. And one of them is always in a private jet. And one of them takes a sailboat. And who did the- She takes a sailboat around? Greta. It's pretty gangster. Greta, she takes a, yeah. She well, does? when she kept, because she didn't want to use- Right, of course. <laughs> you were using the wind power. That's so pretty she, gangster. She came to the UN as a teenager in a sailboat. Wow. But what I'm saying is- I like her more now. Kylie has so many more followers. Yeah. Obviously, the kids want to be Kylie. They want to be in the private jet. You know who doesn't take private jets? Only people who can't. <laughs> Any, anyone who could does. Yeah. It's almost impossible to resist. Even environmentalists are always caught taking private jets. <laughs> really. You know, they are. They really are. So, like, just don't don't, don't fucking lie to me. Yeah. Don't gaslight me. Right, right. You know, I mean, we are, it is a real thing. I mean, the, the UN, the, the, their interclimatary panel puts out a thing every, I don't know, year or so. And I just saw it, it was last week in the paper, and it's it's it said, like, if we don't, it's like my dog, I'm gonna, I mean, this has been going on the entire century. If we don't do this by 2011, it's too, and it's like, I agree. I think that's true. And yet they keep saying it. And now this one is like, if we don't like switch this up real fast by 2028 or something, the tipping point and it's over. It's like, you know what? I'm sure that is actually going to happen. We are going to hit that tipping point. But you've said it so many times. I remember James Hansen of NASA said it, I think it might have been on my first year of my show in 2003, or maybe I just read it that year. But he said definitely like in 10 years, which would be 2013, if we haven't completely reversed how much carbon we use, <laughs> it's like, okay. And things are bad. I mean, California, one reason it is tempting to move is just the fires. Yeah. That's fucking scary. Scary shit. When I remember one week in 2020 when the sun was blocked out from the sky because of the smoke from yeah. like hundreds of miles away for a week. I was very depressed that week. Yeah, I was there for that. I got evacuated three times from fires. Is that right? Yeah, one time was really scary. We were filming Fear Factor in Tohon Ranch, and we were driving, I think it was Tohon Ranch. We were filming on this ranch area up in north, like hour and a half or so away, and we had to leave because of the fires, and the fires had gotten so bad that driving home, for 50 minutes, the entire right side of the highway was in flames. Like, you have to understand how much right. fire you're talking about. Wow. It was insane. Uh, th there was a guy who got killed That's... trying to run across the street. Oh. So a guy tried to run it across the highway in the middle of this and got hit oh. by a car. So we saw him laid out. And it's like ash is falling like snow. Right. 50 fucking minutes of just the hills on fire like a goddamn Hobbit movie. That <laughs> really, like Lord of the Rings. It was wild. <laughs> That's scary. It was terrifying because terrifying. you realize at that point, this is so out of control, you gotta let it burn its path because no the, no amount of people are gonna stop this. Still There's not would, enough water. Still wouldn't make me go to Texas. Ah, but, I love it here. <laughs> but let me, let me no, think, say Texas one thing too. before we move on because I, wanna, yeah. I, I don't want to mischaracterize what these different guys said. We had two different guys back to back on the podcast. Pull, pull up their names. One guy, the, the first guy was the more conservative guy in terms of like his thought about it. He didn't think that it wasn't happening. 
He was just saying that the the data points are being exaggerated, and like, if you follow like a long curve, he was saying if you follow a long curve of history, it's been way worse at multiple times, and it goes in this <clears> erratic <throat> pattern that you can kind of follow. He said humans are 100% having an influence on that. It, well, he wasn't a climate are we denier. About Bjorn Lornberg? No, I'll tell you who oh, he is. Okay, but he's he, a, a brilliant guy. He's a yeah. he's a professor at MIT, right? Well, is that where he is? <clears throat> and to your point. Uh, earlier about talking to each other. When I hear something like this, I don't say to myself, I think what too many people say to themselves, I don't want to hear that. Right. I already know the answer to this question about climate. That's my tribe. I'm like, well, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that fan-made climate change isn't happening and it isn't going to be catastrophic. But I desperately want to hear this. First of all, for my own psyche. Maybe I'll hear something that will make me not be so shitting, well, shitting in my pants about the environment. He's but not I just want to know it because doom and gloom about it. It's yeah. yeah. I just want Andrew Dessler and Stephen Coonan. Yeah, Steve Coonan is the guy who was a What does it say his background is? Cuz he's the guy who wrote the book that I'm referring to right now. Which was referred to me by another friend of mine who's one of the most brilliant people I know and he had read it And he's like I went into this book prepared to call bullshit at every turn I just wanted to know like how is this popular that people have this opinion and he said he went through all the data and he's right. Very progressive. I, he went through all the data and he was like, you know what? I think he might be onto something I, so theoretical uh, physicist uh, former director of the Center for Urban Science and Progress at New York University and uh, he's a professor at the Department of Civil and Urban Engineering at NYU's Tandon School of Engineering. He's sounds, a fucking brilliant guy. Sounds like a real asshole. He's a nice guy. I'm kidding. No, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, okay, I, but, I, don't, but, I just don't want to misrepresent him. And the no. next gentleman was complete opposite. The next gentleman but, was, we're fucked. Let me just add one thing to the... Uh, I do want to know what this guy says because I do what I all I ever want is the facts right. just the facts I just want to know what's true I believe that I, right and I believe it of you but here's the thing you just told me this guy's name I'm interested uh, I would bet that I can talk to somebody in six degrees of knowing somebody who is familiar with this guy and will say, oh, yeah, and then tell me something that I'm not hearing now. Yep. That sure. is like, oh, yeah, and you didn't hear he also, uh, you know, believes. Witches. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I ask people if they believe in ghosts. That was such a good. <laughs> when people tell me dumb things, Witches. I ask yeah. them if they believe in ghosts. Well, whenever someone has a dumb belief, like they have some a belief that it was like, wait, hold on, do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> you know what? I'm the most rational guy I know, but I might. I might believe in ghosts. You know why? I might too. Because there's too many highly intelligent people who I know, who I've grilled when they told me they had some sort of experience, like they're not drunk. They're not religious people. Right. You know, I, I've grilled them. You're sure you, I was not drinking. You're sure you weren't sleeping. This was not a drink. They, too many people yeah. have some sort of experience. I don't know what it is. And I don't give a fuck because I'm never going to know. And they're not bothering me, <laughs> the ghosts, apparently. I think I know what it is. <laughs> what is it? It's one of two things. Uh, one, it, it is uh, like one of those things in the dark that you think you see and so well, there's like a pattern in our head for looking for things in the dark maybe people yeah. always look i think you can hallucinate because i know people that have hallucinated when they got scared 
when they got scared. Like my wife was telling me a story about her dad scaring her when she was little, and she he would just you know snuck up on her, played a trick, and she literally saw a monster. Like that's how she saw. It. She saw it like a monster, and then it took her like a second to realize it was just her dad. But right. like people <laughs> see things. Right. They just see. Yes. They, that that's part of the problem. And then the other thing is that people's brains produce psychedelic psychedelic chemicals. And you don't know why, right? People's brains produce dimethyltryptamine. They produce uh, all all sorts of weird neurotransmitters, and and they, I got, I have to think that they go in and out in like just like your testosterone does, just like your adrenaline does. Right. There's probably waves of them. Right. And I think if a lot goes through, which your this is not like fiction. Your right. brain of makes course. potent psychedelics. Correct. So if your brain just lets a little out, and then you just like you're tripping balls, yeah. and you think it's a fucking ghost. Why do you think we're doing this today? Uh, why? Know, why are we smoking these clove cigarettes? Good. It's good for because, you. No, aren't we doing it to just to purposely excite those forces sure. in your brain you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, definitely. Right. That's part of it. When you, I mean, Carl Sagan said that about marijuana. That he believed that there was ideas that come. I'm, I'm paraphrasing in a shitty way, but ideas that come through marijuana that you aren't, aren't available. <laughs> my whole act. What are you talking <laughs> about? There are ideas. My my act. My <clears throat> podcast. Everything yeah. I write. Yeah. You know, there's like so many things in life. Well, not so many, but the key ones that I just really can't do without marijuana. It definitely makes it better. It really does. I mean, it's, you can abuse it, but you can yeah, abuse every fucking thing in absolutely. life, absolutely, including food, which you need to stay alive. Right. That's what. That's yeah. the main one. People abuse. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you can abuse food, you can't make an argument for I shouldn't use something because people can abuse it. Because you can abuse everything. No, of course. And by the way, personally, I have never abused it. Pot. That's I've awesome. Never been an everyday smoker. That's good. I don't think this. You couldn't find. Four weeks in my whole life where I smoked seven days in a row. Um, people think I'm a much bigger pothead than I am. Well, yeah, pass the lighter. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Terrence McKenna talked about that, and he said that he feels like the way to do marijuana is to take a long stretch off and do as much as you can stand. He was like, "There's what marijuana really can provide." He goes in terms of like a psychedelic experience is underestimated by people because they become casual users and they build up a certain tolerance and they get accustomed to getting a little high. I like to get a little high. I like like two hits, three hits. I'm good. What he was saying is like, if you really want to know the essence of what marijuana is capable of, take a month off and then get obliterated. Just get obliterated. Do Go on that real B show. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not <B> the, <laughs> Go in the he hot would, box. <laughs> I'm sure he would recommend Silent Darkness. He treated it in. He he was a habitual daily user just because he loved it, and he, he would joke around about it. But he was saying that he treated it like when when used correctly, like a potent psychedelic. We just don't think we're, right. we're essentially microdosing. It was kind of like that. I remember when I first did it. You know, when I was 19 years right. old, and the first time you're just like out of your mind. <laughs> I remember that whole first year. Uh, like I would be home from college and my friend who turned me on to it He was at a different college and we'd be home on vacation and he'd come over and you know bye mom We're going out and I'd go out to the driveway. He'd pick me up I we'd I'd get in the passenger seat and we'd be in the driveway for an hour Because we smoked one hit and we and we were just screaming laughing in the car my mother looking at the window like what are they doing? They're just laughing their heads off in the driveway that doesn't happen anymore I think it could. I well, see. Here's the thing. As much as I'm patting myself on the back because I don't smoke every day, the other thing that I've always wanted to do was exactly what you're saying: take a month off. And I've never been able to accomplish that. Really? There, there was never four whole weeks. No, that's because I'd have to like 
limit so much of my life. I couldn't like write or yeah. fuck or <laughs> do stand up. I mean, I just I just have to be like I don't uh, smoke when I, I do a fast like a few times a year <clears throat> for five days. Oh and really? I, yes. Wow, that's and, a, that's a long stretch. Yeah, uh, I think you have to do about five to get. Uh, the effect you're looking What's for. What's the effect you get? Well, it, it reboots your immune system. You know, I mean, uh, I'm not a I'm not a scientist, Joe, so I can't uh, exactly tell you the exact stuff. But um, I've read the book on it, and uh, I think first of all, just to give your digestive system a rest, I think does enormous good for you. I think most of the body's energy is spent digesting food. And especially if you eat shitty food, I don't, but lots of people do. And that's, I think, where our big health problems come from. But even regular food, I only eat two meals a day. But still, most of the energy goes to digesting food. You give your body that break, and it can work on so many other things that it's been putting off. Because I think that's how the body works. That's certainly classic holistic medicine, that the body heals from the most recent insult. And then if it fixes that, goes back in time and... So, I yeah, about a couple of times a year, I will not uh, eat for five days. Minimal. Sometimes there's a there's a fasting mimicking diet that's pretty good that I've done, um, but I I cannot smoke during that week because smoking would make me ravenously hung, <laughs> hungry and wanting to be social and you know. Yeah, so it has yeah. to be five days, and it's like you get through it. But you know, how much weight do you lose? Um, you lose like probably in the week, t- I'd 10 pounds. Hmm. Um, but you know, you'll put, uh, I mean, uh, the last time I went down from like, I was 158 and I think I went down to 148 and then stayed at like 150, which was great because that's my perfect weight. And uh, I mean, I don't know how you get those. I mean, that this I don't understand at all. At, you're over 50 and you have those big, <laughs> muscles. And, I know. I, I take know. testosterone I, replacement too. That helps. Testosterone replacement. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Isn't that dangerous? Well, you know what's dangerous? Getting old and dying. That's dangerous. <laughs> the the and, and more you, you can keep from becoming feeble, the better you, off you are. <clears throat> right. That's a fact. It's a fact in terms of like your immune system. It's a fact in terms of your overall vitality mm. and your physical energy. You want to keep a robust body if at all possible. And the right. key to doing that. If you're going to do um, you know anything, you got to maximize your diet, and then you have to do some sort of resistance training. Like all kinds of stuff is great for you. Yoga's great, running's great, everything's great. But as you get older, resistance training is imperative because your right. body starts to decay. If it's right. not, your m- muscles, your bones are going to get less dense. It's just, and the way to ward that off the best is heavy duty resistance training. How do you deal with? How old are you now? Fifty four. Fifty four. Okay. I remember 54. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. But uh, certainly by 54, I remember, um, you know, mortality is just on your mind in a way that it wasn't on my mind for one second right. when I was even 40. You just yeah. never think of it. And your body is so much more resilient that you don't have to consider it when you're out drinking right. or whatever you're doing. You just, you I had no worries. Uh, about and you, and that's why like younger people don't want to be forced to buy health insurance. They should because that's the only way that system will work, and it'll help them later on in life if everyone contributes on that level. But they don't want to because I remember being that age, and it's like they're broke. <clears throat> I'm broke, and yeah. I don't need this. Yeah, I don't need a doctor. 
I, yeah. I, you know, have you ever been to a Vegas pool party? Yes. Okay, it's a lot of muscle men like you standing in a pool at noon. They haven't been to sleep yet. They're baking in the sun on steroids. They were drinking all night, had unprotected sex, uh, snorted coke through a dirty $20 bill, and they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. So when I see kids like walking with a mask yeah. outside alone, I just want to punch them because you know what? You have the good immune system at that age. Well, I think we've raised the overall level of anxiety of people significantly. Oh, and terrible. for kids, <clears throat> for kids, there was a chart they did. Uh, Sagar had it on his uh, Instagram page. It shows uh, feelings of sadness and depression, the elevated rise from COVID from 2019 up. It's like across the board. With, well, with kids, if there it is, if you uh, oh, that's like. I mean, that's probably the, my Gee, my point is is it's probably with all of us. My, that's <clears throat> quite a chart. I don't think it's just with uh, with kids, and I I don't think it's just with with you know well young people. Here, I think it's all all of us, even people that did well with the pandemic. It's well, still like there weird. is a there is a marked difference in generations right. about anxiety. Mm-hmm. The kid, this uh, the person on my podcast that dropped today is uh, Bella Thorne. I had never talked to her. I certainly was aware of who she was. And a lot of what we're talking about, I mean, it (laughs) was pretty funny, but, you know, I'm high when I'm doing it, is anxiety. I mean, she has a lot of anxiety, very typical of her generation, uh, in a way that my generation just does not. And a lot of what we were talking about is I'm trying in a kind of fatherly way of saying you don't need to be this sad about shit, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and and have this much anxiety about stuff. And of course, if a generation has anxiety to begin with, to this degree, when something like a pandemic comes along, that is legitimately somewhat anxiety producing, yeah. you're going to have the people who feast on anxiety OD on it. Yeah. And, and that's why... Um, Who's the dude? I uh, I love him. David Leonhardt was on Real Time uh, Friday, and he's written great articles about this and made the point that younger people who should be way less concerned are actually way more concerned about COVID. People my age should be more worried, and they're less worried than people who are 30. Yeah, That's not a healthy place for society to be. The only people that seem to have escaped the fear of the disease itself is young kids don't seem to be scared of it, it's, which is good because they get it and it's no big deal. Well, but the the young kids that I see walking around with masks on yeah. voluntarily that that I, disturbs. Me. I had a uh, I was in Chicago, must have been summer of twenty like less than a year ago, and I remember the driver we had. And we were talking, and you know, everywhere we go, I always tell people, you don't have to put the mask on for me. First of all, cloth mask. You know, I had I had vaccinated, then I got COVID. You know, I'm good. You know, I'm, I wasn't worried about it before I was vaccinated. Anyway, so the driver tells us the story about. He said, you know, my four-year-old, if she sees me without a mask. She has a panic attack about it. Oh, Jesus. That is something that, yeah. Yeah, that's so scary. That's so scary. 
because she knows nothing else. Yeah. You know, she's for the from two to four, she lived with masks always and in school. I mean, in New York City, I believe they still have masks under five years old. So I think I think when they're over five to 11, they stop with the mask for some reason. But I mean, these little kids. Yeah, the elevation and the level of anxiety that they're, that generations can experience when they get to be of like voting age. That yes. can be really strange. And it will and it does in fact, politics. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, there is a feeling of uh, David Leonhardt also makes the great point about he says too many Democrats have organized their sense of self around how they feel about COVID. Mm. And there is this idea. It sort of got subsumed into the virtue signaling world. Whereas if I'm a person who believes in more safety than you, then I'm a better person. And it's actually not that simple. Yeah, it's 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 a, a easy way to catch social credibility, to, to say that. Yes, and to sort of discount all the things that we will find out in the years to come that were detrimental because of the yeah. steps we took to curb. COVID. Yeah. And some things should have been done, of course, and some things I'm very glad we have a vaccine. Um, I personally didn't think I needed it. I would have chosen to let my immune system handle it. But OK, I'm glad because this is a country that is not in good health. And if you're not in good health, you are very vulnerable to this. Very. This Especially obesity. Virus. But you shouldn't penalize people who have chosen a different path in life. Yeah. You know, I would always defend those athletes who didn't want it, the Aaron Rodgers, the Kyrie Irvings, the uh, Djokovics, because what they were saying was, look, I'm a finely tuned athlete with a perfect body. My body is my life. Of course, I keep it in a, as good a shape as I can. Every year I play, I can make another, what do they make, 50 million a year? Yeah. Of course, I want to play as long as I can. So I'm super careful about everything I put into my body. Everything. Yeah. You have to respect that. Well, and with people... Aaron Rodgers, it's even more important because he's actually allergic to the one of the one of the what is that stuff called? Polyglyph. Yes, I know what you that whatever whatever that chemical is. He has an allergy to it. It's in shampoo, right? It's Isn't in it? everything. Well he that he has an allergy to it. Do we know stuff. for sure it's in the vaccine? According to Aaron. He said it's not in the Johnson and Johnson, but it is in the other one. Yeah. I think I mean, that's correct. Let's see, Can again, you Google that? See if that's there's, correct. There's, and I don't even know if I trust Google. That's the problem these Fuck. days. It's like whatever I learn, I'm like, yeah. okay, right. but I don't trust anyone completely. I almost always feel like I'm getting somebody's narrative. Yes. I'm not getting a truth. I'm getting a narrative or something that feeds your narrative. And I just want to know. Yeah. Just tell me. Even if you tell me that... Um, okay, Roger says he's allergic to an ingredient used in the two mRNA vaccines, the Pfizer and Moderna, and steered away from Johnson Johnson vaccine after reports of adverse reactions. Um, what he did not disclose what ingredients. Oh, well, I think he told me polyethylene glycol. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that a lot. That's the I mean, stuff. I think it's. That's I think what it, they're saying it is. Now I can either confirm or deny. Is it for sure in the vaccine? I would not bet two dollars on yes or no. There, right. I have no idea. <laughs> That's a good point. Because I've done no research. I can. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I probably have, but it's like 
I don't know. I would trust it. It came from the CDC. If they, if they personally admitted, yes, this is, or the people who make the vaccine. Um, anybody else, I don't know. But then again, they could be lying. Right. I also don't tell them, don't trust them to tell me the truth about whether they did put it in there. And I don't know what the fucking shit is. That I don't, I, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the stuff in Twinkies, right. and maybe it's rocket fuel that you right. take to look right. like that at your age. I don't know what the fuck it is, or if it's going to be bad for me. Here's here's my thing about my overarching theme always about anything medical is everyone else I feel or most people are giving us too much credit for where we are medically because we are, of course further along than we used to be. You know, we're not putting wooden teeth into people. Right. You know, I mean, it wasn't that long ago they were rubbing dirt into wounds. I mean, just some really stupid fucking things that people did who were calling themselves doctors. So obviously we've come a long way just in the last hundred years. But my point of view is that we are still at the infancy of understanding how the human body works. So don't Tell me things like, just do what we say, don't question it. When have we ever been wrong? A lot. All the time. been wrong (laughs) a lot. And you just don't know a lot. You haven't cured cancer. I'm not blaming you for that. I know you're trying. But, and I could name a thousand other things you haven't cured. Parkinson's and MS and Lyme disease. You just don't know very much. It's not an insult. You just don't. If you can't tell me exactly why people get cancer, and mostly you can't, obviously smokers get lung cancer. Other than that, it's not obvious who gets it or why. I don't know what confluence of things that are put in my, there's so many thousand things that could change it. How much mercury do I have in my system? How much tuna fish did I eat? How much, how how often do I hold the phone up to my head? A million things. How many x-rays do I have? What are my genetics? So just don't tell me, well, we are perfectly certain that this vaccine is safe, or we are perfectly certain that these x-rays are a low dose and they won't... You don't fucking know that. (laughs) You don't know what all these different things... There's like 50,000 chemicals we have in our body that we didn't have 100 years ago. You don't know what the interchange of all these elements is doing to me. And me, personally, it might be different than you. So just don't have that attitude of just get it in you because yeah. we are the people who know. You're Not the just pe- that, but they're making insane amounts of profit from that. We're, yes. su- we're supposed to pretend that they've been honest about the risks of things in the past. And they've, they've been, uh, you know, like that Vioxx tragedy where they pitched they- that. Anti-inflammatory medication that wound up killing at least 50,000 people. They've taken hundreds of drugs off the market. Yeah. I mean, some All the of, time. They do it every year. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of them, uh, only like 100 uh, were like ordered off. But the rest was like, well, they're going to order it off because it's killing people, so let's withdraw it. That's in the thousands. They yeah. just took um, Shantix. What's that stuff? That's the stuff that um, smoking. Oh, just help get you, you to stop smoking? Right. So you don't get cancer. Well, what else does it do? <laughs> so it turns out it might give you cancer. Oh, Jesus well, Christ. Enough, well, it gives you cancer? Well, I don't, well we're not going to say that. We're not going to oh, get sued, Joe. I don't know. say that. Uh, but I think it. Uh, they took it off the market because they feel they obviously feel it might. Oh, Jesus And it was Christ. on the market for 15 years. 
Okay, there's your Pfizer's voluntary recalling all lots of Santix zero point five long Shantix long term ingestion of N nitrosovarinicolin may be associated with a theoretical potential increase <laughs> cancer risk. <laughs> theoretical okay. potential increased cancer risk is amazing. Uh, but there's no immediate risk to patients taking this medication. The health benefits of stopping smoking outweigh the theoretical potential cancer risk from the nitrosamine impurity in varenicline. Yeah. Well, easy for you to say. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. Point, the point is it was on the market for 15 years. And now... And I so whenever something like that is in the news, which it is like on a weekly basis, I just want to say to these people, what else don't you know? Just admit you don't know very much. You know, last year they came out with the news that metabolism, which they always thought slowed in age, does not. Okay, so you got that wrong forever. It seems really fundamental. There was an article in the New York Times in 2018. It was called something like uh, A New Organ in the Human Body, Time to Rewrite the Anatomy Books. It was talked about this uh, channel of elastin that runs all through the body that they never knew about. So we're rewriting the you don't you can't even map the shit in there yet. They they've discovered two new saliva glands in the last couple of years. They never knew we had the G spot. I don't really? think we have to go into that. That was new in the eighties. Is that a real thing? What the G spot? They, they've <laughs> narrowed it down to an actual area in the body. It's not just now they believe it's fi <laughs> it's definitely a real thing. Come on, <laughs> but now they believe it's actually five areas. Ah, that anyway, makes more sense. It's. <laughs> <laughs> like just like a button doesn't Why? make a lot of sense. Um, Seems like there's yeah. A no, lot I don't going think on. it was ever a button. It's way, it's way back in there. Uh, just... Believe me, I know it when I hit it. <laughs> it's, it's like, it, yeah, I could give you directions, but um, but you know, but point, mapping out the human body. Point is, the body complex. They yeah. they haven't even done it yet. It's no. the bottom of the ocean. So you know, don't come at me with the the science and the experts. Who's experts? There are other doctors. Yes, and by the way, I don't think it should just be MDs who are able to weigh in on this because they don't fucking often know more than somebody else, a holistic doctor or just my trainer I just introduced you to. That's more than most doctors I've ever talked to about medicine. Okay. Uh, you know, so, but if we just stick to doctors, let's pretend that only MDs know things about medicine. Even by that standard, there's many dissenting MDs yeah. and many more than you know about because they're intimidated to speak out. Because if they do, the repercussions can be extremely deleterious. Yeah, and there was a weird sort of cult-like aspect to it. You were with us or you were against us. Even if you were a, a reasonable person that just wanted to talk about different kinds of medications like monoclonal antibodies in particular right but that became a thing like no that's not available but it is available right like, what are you saying it's not available and if it's not available right. why not get it more available because well, it works really well didn't they give it to trump when he yes came? that's right. all i'm saying oh, it I... became very cult-like in that way like you you could not question the narrative and it could right. not, and other things could not be discussed you weren't supposed to talk about vitamin d if you did like fuck you the vaccine i did the first week yeah. Of the, I remember I had a lady on the right before we shut down in yeah. 2020. And I said, sugar, stop eating sugar. Yeah. You know, sleep, stress, the three S's, you know, and vitamin D. And I, I, it, 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 
I don't want to be this conspiracy person. I'm not. Uh, I think it's important in any discussion. I think you got in trouble for not doing this once. Just to say the vaccine, even though they were wrong about how it stops you from getting it or giving it, it at least does work as Probably far as stop you from dying. A, a and large the, and number of lives. So whenever, right? so like just to indemnify ourselves, let's say, or at least I'm going to say, that that is still the big headline. There is a vaccine. Most people in this country, not in good uh, metabolic shape to begin with, get the vaccine because it will stop you from dying. That's not everybody. And that should be another discussion that's valid, too. Exactly. And that's uh, where things are weird. Right. Where, where things are weird is that you're not allowed to have that discussion, and, whether right. or not it should be for, you know, X age or, you know, someone who's this and healthy. That's, and that, again, not to be a conspiracy theorist, but it is just suspicious to me that uh, we're not allowed to talk about the things that wouldn't be that profitable, like vitamin D. Or, That's a coincidence, or, Bill know, Maher. That's just a coincidence. Or, you know, the thing I'm always talking about, people on the internet are like, Bill, why do you hate fat people? I don't hate fat people. I'm talking about a medical issue here that was the biggest medical issue before COVID, and I'm sorry, still is. And I'm talking about something that, according to the statistics, I've been trying to get people to understand. It's And again, this is from the CDC. It's It's like 78% of yeah. people who died or were hospitalized were obese. Okay, if any other, if you, if I just said to you, there is a factor, I'm not going to say which one, but it is, <laughs> it is involved <laughs> in 78% of this. If you're the media and you're not broadcasting that factor of 78% all the time, if you're the government and you're not trying to get people to be aware of that factor, uh, that's suspicious and, cr and criminal. It's also there's uh, – I, th I think there's that, but I, it's also this thing where people don't want people to feel bad. That's it. And it's become – It's all of it. Yeah. It's sensitivity. It's a, that's a giant chunk the of it. elevation of, of sensitivity it. over truth yeah. was my original definition of politically incorrect. Mm. And it is still a big problem in this country. Sensitivity is important. It's not the only thing. It's not the only thing because there's certain times where people are so indulgent and if you don't say something to them, they, they never really understand how you feel. You, they can trick themselves. If you don't right. come along and go, hey, man, right. you're smoking four packs of cigarettes a day, right. you fucking idiot. <laughs> right. Like if you, can, you, you can do that to a friend because it doesn't affect their appearance. And, right? it, and it wouldn't be called smoke shaming. Right. Exactly. That's my point. Like if you, <laughs> You're not doing much of a different thing if you're just eating Twinkies all day. It's not much different. No. It's pretty close. If you're getting morbidly obese, you're, your body is firing all wrong. It's right. all bang, bang. Everything's all fucked. It doesn't know why it's so fat. It doesn't know why it's getting processed sugar all day. Right. All these autoimmune issues start popping up. It could be a fucking mess to be really, really fat. Just like it's a mess to f smoke three or four packs of cigarettes a day. But you're a smart guy if you walk up to your friend and a good guy and you say, hey, fuckface, stop smoking four packs of cigarettes a day. You're going to die, man. Stop it. Like then you're a good friend stepping in, but if you're like, "Hey Bob, you're 500 pounds and you're five feet tall. This is fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> like you can't do this." No, but I mean that is again one area where we have just gone through the looking glass yeah. because, you know, body positivity <sighs> now is a term, so and crazy. it's like it, there is nothing. It, it is not positivity. That's that's that that's positively Orwellian. 
to, to term it that way or to, I mean, look, again, we should never belittle people for whatever issues they have, of course. Of course. But to, to normalize this the way we have in society, in culture now, that it's just seen as an alternative lifestyle to be morbidly obese. Yeah. That's just a, a way to be, and how dare you even suggest that there's any anything negative to that. But there is something negative to that. Now, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You, yeah, that's what you like? Fantastic. But science is not in the eye of the beholder. And yeah. it's and science is unforgiving. So when I see like like every TV show now, it's like a minority group. Every TV show has to have a very large person. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm serious. Because it's it's like otherwise you are no, somehow not representation, being, right? Yeah. So, somehow you are you are you are prejudiced against big people. If if you don't, it, it's it's I find that bizarre, and of course it just gives a message to America. Oh, this is normal. This is okay. This is this is fine. This is just another way to be. And and I I certainly haven't heard anything about it from the government that it's unhealthy because they would never say that. Because if it didn't affect your health, that would be one thing. If it was just that you look of course, that's sloppy, what right? Like, that's what no, I'm saying. Yeah, if you, you just got really big and really heavy, you know, and that's it's just it, the way you look. Yeah. Then you're right. Right. Then that's you're just, right. That's a look. Anybody. That's, yeah, uh, there's lots of looks I don't like. Exactly, and that could just be another that's one. That's fine. And some people would like it, and so, but it's if that not, was the case, that would be that's amazing. That's not the case. Not the case at all. The case is that, and the truth is, if the country wasn't uh, so uh, unhealthy to begin with, the virus would not have been so catastrophic. Right, and it wouldn't have cost us six trillion dollars. I mean, it would have cost us something. But, I mean, there's a direct link to how unhealthy people were to begin with right. and to how much it cost us. And literally, I think this is an issue that could bankrupt the country. I mean, we were talking about health care before COVID as the number one thing that had to be fixed somehow ec economically because it had become like an unsustainable percentage of the economy was going toward health care. I mean, this is why they did Obamacare. Yeah. People said – very often they weren't for Obamacare, but nobody said we can keep going the way we're going. When things are, when you have to pay for stuff, like if you have to pay for insurance and everybody just assumes that everybody has to pay for insurance and someone comes along and says, maybe we shouldn't have to pay for that. There's a, this thing we have where this is always how it's been. This right. is always how it's been. We had to pay for college. We had to pay for health care. We had to pay. You should fucking pay. Right. We had to pay. You pay your fucking student loans. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a weird thing that people do where it's like, okay, we pay for the fire department, yeah. right? We're not saying if you don't pay for the fire department, then a fire comes, they don't put your house out, right? We all right. agree to that. It's kind of a socialist idea. It's, Why can't we apply those things that we agree are fucking real important, like having a fire department? You're telling me that applying those to college or applying those to healthcare are bad? Like, what are we spending our money on? Right. And well, this is where people like you and me probably agree with a lot of things, but you see the, there's people that go like further and further away from that and look at that as like, that's a Republican idea to think that. 
Right. You know, that, that this is a bad thing. Right. Well, the Republican idea to think that you, you have to pay your way and pull yourself up right. by your bootstraps. I mean, there's that's that weird mentality right. about it. And right. It would be so easy for the Democrats to reclaim that high ground. Yeah. Just to, 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 to bite back against that. They, that just is, be fucking rational. Just be rational and common sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I say this all the time because the uh, percentage of graft keeps getting higher and higher. Now, we found out recently that something like, oh, I'm going to get the number wrong. Maybe you can look it up on your magic light box. But like 20%, I think, of the uh, unemployment checks we passed out during COVID were complete fraud. A mere pittance. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, PPP. Yeah. Oh, my God. So well, many the, people got arrested the, for the, having Lamborghinis and shit. Right. I mean, J.K. <laughs> Rowling got money. No, she her, didn't. Yeah, for her Broadway show. What? Because if she didn't, she'd be living in her car, Joe. Ah, she got money from that. That's hilarious. Everybody got money. That Tom Brady got so crazy. And like when you look at some of the percent and like the number for uh to build a house for the homeless in LA has risen to eight hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars. A mere pittance. Bill Maher. <laughs> a mere pittance from these greedy so, billionaires so, out there. We need to tax I'm, them all. If I'm complaining about that, again, to your point about a Republican idea, people would say, oh, you're complaining about government spending money. And my answer is, okay, but is there any number at which point I am not tipped over into the Republican side right. that I can't complain about money that is just being stolen? Right. I mean, we. I. Oh, I totally. <laughs> as a good liberal, I totally accept the notion that, as someone once said, you cannot transfer money except with a leaky bucket. I get it. It can't be perfect. But is it twenty percent? But is there, is there no number for which I cannot remonstrate against right. this? Twenty percent is a low. That I mean, it, it's even higher than that. That was only the unemployment checks. The PPP stuff was even higher. That's where the it's and, beautiful and brilliant because they attach it to something that's like, look, we, we need to help these people. We need to help these people. These people are all losing their jobs and their their businesses are shut down. We need to provide them with money, right. and then the grift. The, the the, some of it gets it's like yes. let's I mean, promote and whoever's doing it California tried to build a railroad they wanted to build a rail line between LA and San Francisco made sense it's a big long state and cars and blah blah good for the environment and it was when they finally pulled the plug because it just became too uh, uh, ridiculous it was at two hundred million dollars a mile. Now France, <laughs> France built uh, France, a country not unknown to uh, have unions and workers' rights. Very big over there in Europe, right? Workers' rights, unions. I mean, they're always on strike, uh, always on strike in Europe, and they talk with their hands. Okay, so <laughs> France, again, a very unionized country, did it for like one seventh. That's how bad. One seventh. Yeah, something like that, uh, which again is something like fifteen million dollars a mile or whatever it was. Right. But I mean, two hundred million dollars a mile, and it was only to finally was only to connect like Bakersfield to, to I don't know, uh, Pacoima or something, and they couldn't even do that. Were you in Boston when they were doing the big dig? 
I was never in Boston. I mean, I've played Boston, love playing the town, but I've never lived there. But I know of it. I remember 60 Minutes doing a story on it. Just a big <laughs> dig. It was, and they did finally finish it. They did. But it was so late and it was they yes. robbed so much money from it. <laughs> Oh, I'm sh- exactly. It was that was the whole thing about right. the corruption oh, involved. Oh, of course. In that. Yeah, and it was really just a short tunnel un- from the airport. Mm-hmm. Was it under Logan? One of the few airports in the country that's right next to the city. Yep. Like only like there in Vegas, do you fly in? Right, right. And you're like five minutes from yeah. downtown. It's awesome. And I think it that, it was not where it was connecting. Yeah, the they tunnel. were trying to lighten up some of that traffic. And right. they completed it, but it was like, I mean, they were doing it when I was there in the 80s. And then they were right. still doing it when I came back. I, um, what year was the Big Dig completed? I want to say it was like right. at least 10 years late. 2004. Oh, yeah. 2004 they completed it. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, seven. <laughs> so they were doing it when I lived yeah. there. I mean, this, look, the, you know, when I hear about Build Back Better, um, okay, look, certainly the country needs to get rebuilt. I mean, the infrastructure is a mess. Yeah. But I'm thinking always, like, when you give me a number, it's like, it just seems like you pulled it out of your ass. You know, it's going to cost $1.5 billion. We know that for a and it came in right at that <laughs> round number, huh? Yeah. To rebuild this or something. And and uh, are we going over this with a fine tooth? Are, there, are we really seeing that it – what if we only spent $1.2 billion uh, or trillion? I'm, I'm undercounting it. Uh, what if we only spent $1.2 trillion? Uh, what would we be sacrificing? Anything – we're – because so much of that money is going to consultants yeah. and just sub- siphoned off by all the <laughs> pigs at the trough, all snorting this shit up with their big fucking snouts. Yeah, and there's very few people that are saying that. But right. that's, that's exactly that's, what's happening. I, that to me is not a Republican idea. Right. It's just, I mean, it's just... Common sense. Yes, common sense. Did you ever see that Republican? There was a guy who had the bill in his hand, and he was talking about how uh, how crazy it is for these people to say that they've read through this. And he shows it. He's holding it up. It's got like, I don't know, how many hundred pages did it have? It's this giant stack. He's like, do you think they really read this before they signed it? Do you think they went through this? There's no fucking way. Yeah, but you know what? Republicans don't deserve to get any pass on this either because they, first of all, are just as responsible for spending money we don't have and not stopping this kind of graft. And they could give a shit anymore about a balanced budget. At least they used to pretend. Now all they care about is owning the libs. They don't even have any. <laughs> they have no. They have no issues in their party. They could give about as much of a shit of a balanced budget as they do for the new season of RuPaul's Drag Race. They are all about. The conspiracy shit, QAnon stuff, that's what animates that party. Stolen election, eating babies, pedophile uh, teachers. Uh, I mean, that's what they, – they do not have the traditional Republican issues. Russia, they used to be the hard-on-Russia people. That went out the window. Uh, democracy, I don't think they think democracy is essentially the, uh, an essential part of America. Uh, I the way I would characterize the two parties, I'm going to do a thing on this on my show next week, I think. Uh, Democrats would say America and democracy are inextricably linked. You cannot think of one without the other. Republicans now? No, I'll think about that. Really? Absolutely. Democracy, in fact, Mike Lee, I think, is the one who said it. 
Uh, he was like, democracy is not the most important part of this country. It's, I think, in their view, it would, a lot of these kind of people it would be Christianity. Oh, before democracy. Absolutely. And also, like, keeping our culture the same. And, you know, it's it, democracy, nice, but kind of a luxury. And that's a fundamental difference where we've never been before. So I you need know, to see someone saying it's that. It's not like Republic- I haven't to, to even argue with you or disagree with you. I'd have to see someone saying that. I've never seen anybody say that. Uh, I get, think get that's my, such a dangerous uh, Mike, get, thing. Uh, get a Mike Lee quote uh, that says... Uh, it's a dangerous thing to say. Very dangerous. To it's, offer up alternatives to that's, democracy. But that's where, the, that's where the party is, and they they deserve no but is pats that both on the parties? back. Is that both parties? No. You don't De- think so? I'm saying that's the difference right now. It, Democrats... Uh, still believe in democracy. When Al Gore got gypped out of the election, he was like, oh, okay, Here we're not is. a democracy. Well, no, democracy. that's not it. No, that's I mean, that it's... Um, oh, Mike Lee's that. tweets against also democracy explained. Tweets, I guess, but. Okay, so that's just what he well, said. Well, that no, he wrote... There's a different one where he said... He said we're not a democracy... No, said, I mean, is it said democracy is not important? Is that what you're not, that's it? That, or democracy is not as important as democracy is not as important. Something like yeah. that. Um, but uh, democracy is the objective. Is that what he said? Of the U.S. So system, isn't democracy so is a, isn't the objective of the U.S. system? Made an inflammatory declaration in a morning um, tweet. Where I would say it is. That and guy I, looks like a man who needs marijuana, right? He, <laughs> if you guessed, how often does he get high? Almost oh, yeah. never. Right. Look at him. Well, he's from Utah. Yeah, you be, they get high in Utah. Yes, they do. And they're, of course, <laughs> any place where they're very religious, they're also very freaky. Yeah, well, that's a great club to work at. Salt Lake City? Yeah, Wise Guys, you do that? Oh, I don't think I've ever worked oh, Wise Guys. It's fun to practice. Really? Yeah, it's a great place. It's fun. It's a fun place to perform. They're great people. Yes, I agree. Mormons are very nice. It's not Mormons. It's the people that live with Mormons. Right, and people who <laughs> And live, people who are rebel Mormons. Right. And it's a very beautiful country. <laughs> oh, it's gorgeous, yeah. yeah. It's right, you know, right there nestled up in the mountains. Well, you have a place there or something? No, no, I just like to go there. Do you have a, a vacation home or something? No. I should probably get one. <laughs> if I get one, I'm going to get one in the mountains, though, somewhere like, very weird. You're still you in know. Texas? No, no, oh. no. I'd like to get someone somewhere, somewhere north. So if this global warming shit really does pan out in a negative way. Montana looks sweet. I mean, I remember <laughs> <laughs> being in Alaska uh, yeah. 10 years ago, and I've never seen a place like that as beautiful because it was so clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like this time of year, spring, and everywhere the uh, you know the snow melting, and there was just little drippings of water coming down everywhere, and it was like the purest, most pristine. Of course, there was also like moose walking down the street. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, They're it's, resilient people up there, and it was yes. It, it's almost. I mean, I remember I played one, one. I think it was Fairbanks, uh, Fairbanks and Anchorage, and Fairbanks. It was almost like a western town. It was like a western show. It was under a tent. I remember I walked through mud to get to the stage. Mm. I loved it. It was raining. They didn't care. They were standing. Uh, that was so cool. I don't want to do it again, but it was very cool though, for once. And then I went to Anchorage, and that was like the land that time forgot. It was like everything looked like it had been in the 70s. You know, the, the hotel, the restaurants, I guess they got a lot of oil money. They refurbished, and then they just stopped. Uh, but that was kind of cool, too. And, you know, everyone has a gun in their glove compartment. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could see them. I saw a reindeer 
on a chain out in the front yard like a dog. (laughs) 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 I'm not kidding. Oh, my God. That's one thing that's so great about being a comic and traveling, right? You know, you just see, you just, you're different places and you just see different things like you wouldn't if you worked in an office. The most resilient people though have to be the Alaskans because there's they're surrounded by monsters. They're in the furthest north place that you could call America. Yeah, punishingly cold. And they, the they, they have real wildlife, like big wildlife yes. around them all the time. Yeah, bears. You've been you've seen a moose in real life? Yeah, I, I saw them walking down the street. It's fucking crazy how big they are. They're so big, it's crazy. They look like a cartoon animal. You yeah. can't believe how and big I'm, they are. I'm sure they're very sweet. They don't look like no, they they're dangerous. Hurt you. They're dangerous. <laughs> really? Yeah, especially the Bullwinkle cows. Bullwinkle is dangerous. Oh yeah, the, the bulls and the cows are both dangerous. No, Bullwinkle wasn't yes. he a moose? He was. Yeah, he was a mountie. But they're the only deer species oh. that's dangerous. All the other ones oh. don't attack people. They run away from them for the most part. You have to like really fuck with oh. an elk for it to stab you. Or a deer, like there's to be something right. you've to done. You've done something horribly wrong. But if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time with a moose, like a moose with her cubs, and she just decides, or her calves rather, to yeah, well, stomp you out. This is a moot point. It's never going to happen. Alaska moose attack. <laughs> Driver prayed not to be killed during hour-long ordeal as animal trampled his dogs. Okay, so they're just. You know, my point is, they're uh, they're the one um, deer species that will actually go after you. Aren't we the pro- only one? Aren't we profiling that one moose? No, listen. They, there's a lot of them. I've I've seen them in real life. They don't run away from you. It's a totally different look. Okay. Um, when you meet them in the woods, they look at you like this. You, you sound like these people when they say, you know, uh, they're so fatalistic. Back to our. As he charged me, I emptied my gun into him, and he never stopped. This has been the most horrific past 24 hours of my life. So he emptied his gun into this moose, and the moose still trampled him for an hour. <laughs> I'm still rooting for the moose. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying the honest characteristics of this animal you're are saying, very different than other deer species. You're saying don't have one as a pet. I'm saying you got to mind your P's and Q's if you see a fucking moose. It's not like a deer. Okay. They'll, they'll kick your ass. I have a friend of mine who lives up there in, in B.C., and he's a rancher. He's a really sweet guy. Very interesting guy. He was on his his horse, and a, a cow moose started chasing him. He's running for his life on while the horse is the moose is gaining on him. He's, I go, what would happen if that moose got you? And he goes, if she had her calves, she might just stomp me to death. Right. Well, but that's mother nature. Yeah. You know, instinct. And again, this is not an issue that's going to come up in my life. I, it might. I, I, let me tell you. It might. I don't <laughs> you want you to get cocky. Obs- <laughs> you seem obsessed with <laughs> protecting me from death by moose, Joe. And I promise you, if, if it does saying. happen, my last words will be, <laughs> fuck, Rogan told me this would happen. And I was cocky that day in Austin, Texas. I, I should have listened to him. God damn it. <laughs> I just think if you find yourself in the woods, you should I, know this information. <laughs> Even that's not going to happen. And by the way, I wouldn't find myself in the woods for a zillion dollars because that's where you get Lyme disease. Oh, that's true. And that yeah. really is a nightmare. Oof. I had a, a friend on last week, uh, Jim Miller, who battled with it. He didn't even know he had it because apparently 50% of the people test negative even though they have it. And uh, it took him well, years and years of taking antibiotics just to get it out of his system. Not to keep beating my horse about they don't know anything. Yeah. But there's one. They're really clueless. It's a scary one. We've all, I mean, it's more prevalent than we know. Yes. Because, again, misdiagnosed. And it's a sneaky little fucker that mm-hmm. just, I've known people have had it. And the suffering is almost indescribable. 
and uh, it moves around in the body. The symptoms change. You know, one week you have a burning in your head, and the next week your legs are sore, and just mm-hmm. it's just and they. Yeah, they don't really know how to attack it. Of course, they're going to throw antibiotics at it like they do everything. I guess sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the New York Times columnist Ross Douthat. Did he get it? (laughs) The way you said that. Uh, Yes, (laughs) he got it and wrote a book about it. I think we're going to have him on very shortly to talk about it and it's very interesting because he's a very conservative columnist which is fine i've i'm friendly with him had him on the show a number of times um but his view on medicine i think was much more orthodox until he got this Mm. and that's why i wanted to have him on because i think he's he's preaching from my choir book now because he's basically saying uh the stuff that i looked into that was supposedly the quackery stuff like that actually worked better than the 15 doctors I had to go to. I mean, the whole book is about a, a multi-year nightmare he had mm. trying to extirpate Lyme disease Jesus. from his body. And, of course, because the doctors are clueless. Now, again, am I saying this is because doctors are deliberately corrupt? No, I don't think they're making any money on on Lyme disease. But they are locked into their rigid way of thinking, which may be part of the reason why they haven't made much progress. And again, part of it is just we don't understand that much about the human body. Shantix. Yeah. (laughs) I think as far as treatments of Lyme disease, one of the more critical aspects is to get treatment early. Uh, People that I know that have picked it. Of course, that, that got um, got Lyme disease and took the antibiotics. They they kicked it and they were okay. But the guys that I know that didn't take any medication and let it, they didn't know they had it, or right. the doctor didn't know they, you know, the doctor didn't want to believe them, and they waited too long. They're the ones who had more problems. Well, I always think of Steve Jobs, who said, um, you know, he got pancreatic cancer, which is the worst kind. And he did a lot of, um, you know, juice cleanses and shit. that kind of stuff yeah and i think I, I mean i may be wrong about this but I, I do think i remember him saying toward the end i wish i hadn't fucked around with it mm. like that i wish you know if you like the holistic stuff is great to as a preventative but if you actually get it yeah sometimes you're gonna have to let them i mean there's no good choices but sometimes, you know, you have to go to the, you know, DEFCON 1 yeah. and hit it with the nuclear weapon or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think he regretted that. And, I mean, that's not... That I, fucking sucks. That not, yeah, I'm not... That's a terrible feeling to have. Yeah. To believe you, you bought into something that's not well, legit. Well, and also, again, to the point of we don't know much, usually pancreatic is diabetics you know it's yeah because it's about that part of the body that processes sugar and so forth. isn't it connected to cigarette smoking as well yeah i'm sure it is everything bad is yeah. um but you know he was thin steve <laughs> jobs and he was apparently ate really healthy right yeah it's so, crazy yeah no we just don't know i mean that's we, the it, genetic role of the dice thing it's not just you know? genetic i think genetic environmental also things like stress mm-hmm. I also another re- big complaint I have with Western medicine is they absolutely don't give any uh, thought to the mind body connection mm-hmm. and that's a real thing it's not just you know kumbaya bullshit 
uh, you know, we can measure it in certain ways. I mean, the mind and the body do work in conjunction. Stress yeah. is definitely a factor. That's yeah. a, that's something that's coming out of your mind. Um, the, you know, when when people get scared, you know, they say he went white. Mm. Why is that? Because the body, without you even knowing it, moved all the blood to your arms and your legs, so you could run away and fight somebody. <laughs> That's why your face went white. We don't need blood in our face right now. We is that it. really what it is? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. So your body allocates blood to the muscles? As the body allocates everything, yes. Wow. Right. Um, I never thought of it that way. And I'm just saying people this. people see red, though. And don't they see red? They get angry? <laughs> I think that's just an expression. <laughs> I don't think they actually are seeing red. But I think red. As, you know, like your face gets red, too, though. Yeah. A lot of times when people get mad, their face gets red. Like if you're thinking you're that's about embarrassment. To... Yes, but like, like but that's anger. probably because it, it's embarrassment, and you the blood <laughs> wants to, your body saying, "I want the blood where I'm thinking in uh, my head." Because I'm thinking so poorly that yes, my face is red. That I'm embarrassed. Ooh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I'm at the bell, uh, blackboard with an erection. You might and, be right with that. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, that's interesting. Like if, that your face is red because you're embarrassed that you're upset. Yeah. I think there's that too. I, I think people are saying, "What are you guys smoking today?" Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> what are you talking Good stuff. about? <laughs> stuff is rolled by the Comanches. What? Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> 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 it's a good slogan, though. Yeah, I'm Rolled sure they by had the good com- weed. I, it doesn't mean anything, but I'm going to use it. Rolled by the Comanches. Have you ever uh, read in anything about the Comanches, the people that used to live here? It's, a, it's one of the wildest cultures of all the uh, Native what? American tribes. They it's, lived here in Texas? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's there's a fucking great book called Empire. What is it called? Uh, Empire of the Summer Moon? Empire of the Summer Moon. It's all about uh, Texas and the Comanches in the 1800s. It's just an incredible group of uh, Native Americans that figured out how to ride horses. They figured out how to uh, raise horses the best. They were the best at like hus- horse husbandry, and they had like tons of horses. And they, their empire consisted of horses, and they would they, they just own the plains for like hundreds of years. It was an impassable country because they hadn't figured out anything other than muskets. And with bows and arrows, they were killing everybody. So nobody could settle out here. Didn't every empire use horses? I mean, no, no. Uh, Native Americans until Europeans returned didn't well, use horses. But Ale- is, Alexander the Great did. Yeah, but that, that's yeah. So the thing, this is what happened. Horses used to be native to America. They used to have natural horses here, and they died off somehow. They, they don't know, but they do know they were reintroduced by Europeans. So Europeans that came over and dealt with people in North America and Mexico and a lot of parts of a lot of Native Americans, they had never seen anybody on a horse before until the Europeans right. arrived. So then the Europeans gave the, there's a guy named Dan Flores who wrote a book about how Native Americans were probably on their way to extirpating the buffalo. Even if the Americans didn't come along and do that horrible market hunting shit, the Native Americans with a horse were so fucking effective that they were just w- wiping out as many buffalo as they wanted. 
Like you, they would have well, been that, able to do that too because that was that, not a normal thing to, for a person to be on a horse until like whenever it was that the first Europeans arrived with them. That certainly would be news to me. Or so it's a fascinating article. I mean, no, that, that the, the Indians were wiping out the buffalo. No, 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 they weren't. He was saying they they were so effective at it but, that over time it was possible that they could do that. I'm sure it's possible, but what we've always heard again, I, I don't know anything because I've just yeah. I know what I've been told, and I'm always questioning. But what I've always thought I knew about the Indians was that they lived lightly on the land. They didn't kill more than they needed to because they understood that it, it's in our long-term benefit to keep the buffalo herd alive. They we did for the most part. And then men came along and just shot them for fun from the side of a train. It That's was like definitely true too. Dick Cheney shooting birds yeah. that can't fly. You know, it was that kind of shit. Yeah. And now, you know, maybe there is some truth to both, but I would be very surprised to learn if the Indians were piggish like that. Uh, That's not the point. That was not what no, I was no, saying. I'm just, no, but I'm, no, no, you know, you, you'll let me finish. <laughs> okay. What, what he was saying I don't was... I want to get you in trouble with the Indians. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, th there's more to it. What he was saying was, was that these people hadn't had horses until this t point in time. And the reason why there was this amazing population of buffalo, when they first got here and there was millions and millions of buffalo... He's, his theory is that this was because the Europeans gave diseases to the Native Americans during that same time period. So during that same time period, 90% of the Native Americans get wiped out by smallpox right. and all these crazy diseases. Yes. He's saying this is why hundreds of years later you have so many buffalo. Right. And if, he said if you had Native Americans who were effective hunters on horses, even without the horrible market hunting that killed them really quickly. He's like, over time, he probably would have killed uh, at least a, a measurable amount of the buffalo, similar to what we did, but it would just take a lot longer. That was his theory. But it was mostly about how the Native Americans had died off from smallpox and how crazy it was, and that this led to this increase in this massive herd of buffalo. His, th his theory was that that's not normal, to have this many, um, and I'm definitely fucking this up and paraphrasing it, <laughs> but it's a really good, it's, what is it like, buffalo diplomacy, buck, buffalo, it's Dan Flores. Buffalo, doesn't my t-shirt say buffalo soldier? It does. Bison ecology and bison diplomacy. That's it. Thank mm. you. See, it's fascinating stuff. So, who do you like, Aztecs or Incas? <laughs> but like, they, you, know. you know, I have to meet them. But uh, the Aztecs, just, at least they built their own shit, or some they had people do it for them. You know, the Aztecs, wh whatever they were doing, they I, were making some wild stuff, man. It's, I always ask people that question. Because, you know, it's like a Beatles Stones thing. Oh, you know. <laughs> there's no good answer. <laughs> no, it's just like it depends no on your taste. no bad answer, I should say. Like yeah. the Aztecs were very raw, whereas the Incas, you know, every note was perfect. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just your taste. <laughs> some, some of it was better live and in concert. And some of it was kind of like, you know, yeah, did the Incas use a lot of studio tricks? Yeah, and it sounded fucking great. The Incas did some wild shit. Yeah, they both did. I mean, Mel Gibson's movie uh, Apocalypto. Yeah. Oh which my is god. Such a great movie. Amazing. And who was that was Aztecs, right? He was No, that was the Mayans. Oh, Mayans. Yeah. Right. I left them out. Yeah, the Mayans, they also believe were wiped out by uh disease cuz uh Cabeza de Vaca talked about encountering them. They talked about the the historical uh stories that people would tell about running into these people with these golden helmets and 
it was all like this this incredible civilization that existed and the theory is that when people came back and it was all completely abandoned it was they they there's there was no real theory until they started con concentrating on the viruses and the the different bugs that killed the native americans well of course they probably killed the mayans too they probably killed right. people every time they came through they right. think they killed everybody in the amazon do you know about that no there was <laughs> that's that do you know that uh, city, lost city of Z? There's no moose in the Amazon, though. No, are there? there's, okay. a, there's <laughs> jaguars and shit. But did you, ever, did you ever read that book or, or hear about that movie, The Lost City of Z? It was all about a lost city in the Amazon. I've yes, it was, was a that the, mov was that movie that was like uh, attempted to be made forever. One of those that was like in turnaround forever. Isn't that the one? I'm not I'm... sure about the history of the movie, but the movie itself was about British explorers that make their way through the Amazon because there's supposed to be this lost city of golden statues and just incredible wealth and sophistication that exists in the Amazon. Well, everybody thought it was n nonsense. They all they all thought it was a like just just crazy myth and bullshit, but it's all just jungle. You could never have a city there. And then they realized like the city, the, the jungle itself is man-made. A big part of the Amazon jungle itself was from human cultivation cultivation of very specific plants. One was like, what is it, the ice cream bean tree and a few other ones that they're like plants that people planted back then, thousand, two thousand, ten thousand years ago, and they've overwhelmed mm. this area of the world. It's amazing, and underneath it, in a in the, a positive way. Well, or? this is the point. The only reason why it <clears throat> happened is because European settlers came through and killed everybody. Everybody died from diseases. So there's these cities that could have held a fucking right. million people, and they're finding right. them through lidar. So they're flying over this area of the jungle with this light penetrating laser shit, and they're seeing these grids and right. patterns and city streets, and it's all engulfed in the forest. The jungle just overwhelmed everything. But it was because the Europeans came through and gave everybody's fucking smallpox. Right. It's fucking, wild. Fucking Europeans. I mean that's really what ha that's this, that's the real story of North America. It's like diseased people come here well, and kill off most folks. Also, I mean Apocalypto, besides being such a great chase movie, one of the greatest chase yeah. movies ever, right? And just it's a great movie. Uh, it is a great movie. I mean Mel Gibson, for all his flaws, is an amazing filmmaker. I mean he's done it over and over yeah. again. He's just yeah. uh, you know he just understands the medium of film. Oh my god! Um, but I just thought it was interesting because. Uh, you know, I'm sure the Indians, you know, certainly did horrible crimes to them. And uh, I'm sure their culture was uh, in many ways superior. But he pointed out in that movie that just because you're, you know, a Native American of doesn't mean you weren't also like chopping heads off of people for religious ceremonies. Oh, yeah. and, I mean, they were one tribe was brutal to another tribe because we're humans. Humans are basically the same all over the world. That's a big and, part and of, of all uh, races. And I mean, we're, we're that is more we have what we have in common is being human and humans are still a very primitive species, very brutal, very savage. And that didn't just completely suspend itself with Indian culture. A hundred percent. That's a big part of the story of the Comanche. Is how they would torture. And, right. And weren't they mock? They were oh, fucking horrible. They would cut while a guy was alive. They would cut his arms and legs off and then throw him on a bonfire so he would wiggle. To oh. death while burning alive with his oh. arms and his legs just freshly cut off. Oh, I mean, they did wild shit to people. I'd rather be skull fucked by a moose. I <laughs> tell you, that's that's terrible. Leave your fantasies I out am, of this. Song. I am not going to. <laughs> they were uh, also just fascinating in the simplicity of their culture. Didn't have a lot of art. 
You know, was it really just about following buffalo herds around? Spartan. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Warriors, just fierce warriors. That's the Spartan. I mean, that's how we. That's a word in the language. Spartan. It comes from the city in Greece. Yeah, they were the rival of Athens at the height of Greek culture in the fifth century BC, but they were just about, um, you know, war and no art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they weren't. They were just. I don't think they were raiding and conquering. Well, that's the. I'm sorry. That's the Comanche. I think they were. uh, I think they were fucking each other in the ranks, if if I recall (laughs) my Greek history. Uh, But that was to create a camaraderie in the armed services. I mean, I think they. I think they may have used. I mean, you can check me (laughs) on your Mister Google box, but. I think that they Spartans used homosexuality as a camaraderie building tool. I bet a lot of people <laughs> did back then. It's convenient. I mean, look, we know it happens in prison, right? It yes. happens in prison. They make that choice. Well, I'm sure a lot of people. Uh, choice is a strong word for what happens in prison, <laughs> Joe. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I think some of them must make a choice, and some of them uh, it's against well, their will. Right. Right. I. I. I I think a lot of it is against. Yeah, there's a lot. But But, I mean, if you talk to actual prisoners, it's not as much as you would think it is. Do you remember the HBO series Oz? Yes. Did you watch that? I watched it. Fucking terrifying. (laughs) And I I could not stop watching it. Yeah, Uh, fuck that. J.K. Simmons. That -hmm. was the first time I ever saw him. Uh, He was on that show. He was a regular. He was the Nazi. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, not the Nazi, a Nazi, like the lead Nazi. And what was so chilling was in the first episode, there's one guy in prison who, of course, we all HBO subscribers are watching and relating to because he's the regular guy. He's not a hardened criminal. He had a drunk driving thing and he killed a little girl. And now he's in right, prison. Right. And he's in like super, you know, this is super a mass. bad prison. And <clears throat> the J.K. Simmons comes up to him the first day and he's like, I know it can be rough in here, blah, blah, blah. And he totally has him snowed thinking he's a nice guy. You come on, I'll tell the guard. I know him. I'll, I'll bribe him. You can be my cellmate. Cut to <laughs> he's tattooing a swastika into his ass. <laughs> And that's when I said to myself, I don't want to go to prison. <laughs> you know, up until then it out. seemed, no. If you get that swastika lasered off your ass, oh. so what do you do? Do you get it lasered off or do you just not tell anybody? Well, it's on your ass. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I would just never, yeah. Well, who's going to see your ass? Oh. I mean, you, you know, I mean, get married, you have yeah. to tell one person. And even she probably doesn't see your ass a lot. Even so. if you got it lasered off, what if it left like the faintest of scars? Yeah. <clears throat> well, you, why I, do you have a scar and a swastika on your ass, Bill? I would. <laughs> 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 well, I'd say there's a story here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I would think what you would do is not get it lasered off. You would, in, you know, add to it to make it. In, it very easy to make a, a swastika into a square with the lines right. in it, or you know, a, a tic tac toe board. You're right. You know. Yeah, or maybe a dream catcher. The, the, right. You know, <laughs> put it incorporated into the middle of a yes. larger painting. So yes. now you don't look like a, you're a Nazi. You look like you're gay <laughs> with a flowery arrangement on your ass. That's what I would do. That's probably but, the best look, move. I don't want kids out there to take my advice. I'm not dispensing yeah. medical wisdom, kids. I would say laser it off first and then see what's up. 
See if you got a scar. If you don't have a scar, just accept the lasering off. I don't know if lasering, but I think the tattooing itself leaves some kind of scar, right? They're digging in your ass. Now, look at all your tattoos. Yeah, I they, mean, they're scars. I mean, the scars what do you mean? Inking them. That's really what it is. I mean, there, there's, but yeah, there's, why, you could actually see it. Like, why see why would you do that to I like yourself? Like I, <laughs> well, of course, you I like, like it. I, I mean, like but I mean, is Star it worth Wars. it? The, the, what, the, what is the reward to risk ratio there? What's the risk? The that risk I don't like that it? you're injecting ink into your skin? Uh, I, I, that to me just, uh, just on the surface of it doesn't sound it's like it's not really it? injecting into your skin. It's well, leaving holes from the needle and then the ink fills those holes. It's still it's, it's permanently okay. embedded it's, in your skin. It's that an art. still sounds so. Looks I know. I know. It? I know the art part. Come on, bro. It, it's still. You want to get a sleeve? You know you do. That's Miyamoto <laughs> Musashi. He's uh, who wrote the Book of Five Rings. It's a famous Japanese samurai. Do you know who he is? He wrote an amazing book on strategy, and he was no. uh, he was like uh, an incredibly balanced guy in that he he believed in poetry and calligraphy and creating art. But he was also the greatest samurai that ever lived. And the thing that he said was that you had to be all of those things. You had to be in balance, in full harmony. And by doing that, you had to be in touch with your artistic side, your creative side. And he killed 60 men in one-on-one -on -one battle with swords. I can dig all that, but why does it need to be on your arm? That's I, my question. I read a book when I was like 16. I, I know. And but, it was by an ancient again, samurai, and I thought it was cool. You're like doing my tattoo bit like for me. You I am. You can't just remember that? No, this is joke. why. This I, is, I, I you asked a question. We're on a podcast. I, I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to... I mean, to me, this is more dangerous than the moose. This is it's not. Like, I know, but like, it's not natural. And also, it is ink under the skin. I mean, you can't tell me... You know what else isn't natural? It's cell phones. They're not right. naturally there. And that's why I never This is hold... art. You know how fucking millions of people have skin art? I understand. That doesn't mean the millions of people do lots of stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, not, we were just it's... talking about how many people are obese. But you're yeah. also talking about there's a certain amount of risk in life. And like right. the risk of getting a, a problem this from is a just, tattoo. The only risk is bad one, art. Is one I can avoid. It's like I was going to say before, people are so fatalistic that I, something I've heard so many times in my life when I try to talk to people about health and this, that, and they go, yeah, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. <laughs> I know, it's and I always think time. this is something I could 100% avoid. I feel I can just absolutely guarantee myself that I will not get hit by a bus or eaten by a moose or get a tattoo. I just play the odds. I do the things. I mean, this is not how Jesus made me. <laughs> with, 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 with tattoos. I, I feel on like me. you need a whole Japanese bodysuit. You should go the whole other direction. Get one of them David Lee Roth deals. What if David Lee Roth has like a, he's got like a three quarter sleeve suit, like a Japanese David Lee Roth? Yeah, yeah. David Lee Roth got him a tap tap style in Japan where they do it like the old school way. He's got a lot of his tattoos done, like traditional, super painful way. You know one the one that blew my mind and I, I love Ben, Ben Affleck. But he got that giant. He's got a phoenix on his back, phoenix. right? Phoenix, and I, <laughs> and I love the the such a funny comment that his ex wife said when they asked her about it because he had said something like, uh, uh, "This is a symbol of renewal, the phoenix rising from the ashes," and Jennifer Garner said. I think in this analogy, I'm the ashes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. There it hmm. is. Yeah, now, I mean, that's a... That's, that's unusual. A, that's a real... What's the thing That's below a commitment. It? What is that red stuff? What is all that stuff? That's what's confusing. Red stuff. That well, stuff. I mean, it's part of the art. But what is that? Is that the tail? 
Oh, I see. Yeah. I see what's going on. So that's the crazy Fine. long. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's, it There's hooks around. Head and there's the got wings it. and it's got a big long yeah. body and two like dinosaur arms and. Mm, interesting. You know. Well, I'm a big fan of phoenixes, <clears throat> but I can't say that's my favorite one. Well, I've seen some dope images of phoenixes, but. I'm a big fan of Ben. There's David Lee Roth. See? He's got this whole... Oh, wow. That's a horrible... Yeah. It's a vest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a tattoo vest. That's the stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. That is... That is... Oh. Is that what he looks like now? That's what he looks like now. Oh, he doesn't look healthy. Well, he's an older fella. I know, but he, he's he had looks, a hard life. He looks like he should eat more. He should eat more. You think so? <laughs> yes, he looks too gaunt. Maybe that's like his operable weight. See, all that shit that he's got on, that's all tap style. He had all that done in a very traditional way. I, I yeah, don't that's know, like an old school. I don't know what this adds to life. I really don't. Makes you look hot. I don't. <laughs> I know a lot of people think that way, I guess. I don't know. People like it or they don't like it. It's like, for me, nothing, there's no permanence. It, yeah, is it permanently on my body until I die? Yeah, but I'm dying. We're all dying. Why it's do you care permanent. if you look hot? You're married. It's not that looking hot. I'm talking about him. <laughs> oh, oh, him. Yeah. David Lee Roth looks hot. <laughs> but, but why did you get the tattoos? You must think no, it looks... I just like art, man. I like skin right. art. And this guy, Aaron Della Vadova, is a good friend of mine. He runs Guru Tattoo in uh, San Diego. Boy. He's awesome. He did a, another friend of mine, Mark Beecher. He must be. A plug on your show like that must be worth millions well, of dollars. You already can't get in on him. Like he's already got like... 20 a, million people will hear that. Gigantic okay. waiting list. Oh. He's really good. But the point is that I was just uh, always fascinated with uh, tattoo art. I like it. Yeah. I like the way it looks on people. I like getting it. Good. It's like it's, you know, you have permanent art on you. Or you have like an interesting. And, and getting back to our original start, yeah, we starting disagree. point is exactly. exactly. Like and, I'm not offended if someone doesn't like tattoos. I, I'm not offended at almost yeah. anything. And I'm not offended <laughs> if you make fun of it because <laughs> it's funny. No, it's funny. I'm not offended, yeah. you know. And it's the spice of life mm -hmm. to know exactly. how boring it would be to talk to ourselves. Exactly. You know? We should all be able to have these kind of conversations right. where we're not taking it personally if someone disagrees no. with something. It's so silly. Exactly. <laughs> but part of Dick. what happened with... It's the social media thing, man. I think that accentuated it, it uh, of course. heavily. Social media made everything worse and brings out the worst in people. Uh -huh. I did a whole editorial one night about... Oh, I can't remember. We had a whole list of all the ways it makes you more of a dick. It makes you passive aggressive, for one. It can, one. yeah. can. It definitely does. It does Pe for most people. I mean, oh, it's avoidable is what I'm saying. Like, it you, is, you, but people don't. No, I mean, they, they don't. No. They ghost. You know, it's yeah. very easy just to not answer, mm -hmm. to ghost people, as mm -hmm. opposed to just saying, oh, you know, uh, I yeah. met someone new. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we had a great time. <laughs> whatever it is, you right. know. They just... Or um, what else does it... Oh, it makes you... Bullying. There's a lot of that. It's easy to make be more of a bully. Um, certainly makes you stupider because all the time people used to have, like to read a book at the end of the day, that went up in smoke because they're just scrolling through their yeah. phone and doing, playing stupid games and looking at pictures and Instagram. And I mean, it's just it's the ultimate time suck. The way it sucks time all the time you would have to actually learn something. Um, uh, it's just... I, I feel like that was the sea change in this century was when a whole generation was raised on the phone and social media. And um, I don't know if we're going to be able to reverse that or how how we can ever really measure the damage it did. 
Well, it stopped all social interaction in person that would ordinarily be something that like if you're having a conversation with a person it's very rare that you're going to say something really rude to them in person right but either through text messaging right. or through d- direct messages or social media yep. people are a lot they're they're so shitty with each other and it's because you don't feel the repercussions if i if, if i said something insulting to you and then i saw the look in your face like you right. were, it really hurt your feelings correct it, f- it makes me feel feel bad right it's natural right it's, that's where we are social beings and that that social aspect of social media is completely eliminated because you're not experiencing the person in front of you. You're just saying something. Oh, and also another one makes you fake. Yeah, fake. You can fake everything, and people faking their lives. Yeah, people finding it more important to look like they're having a good life and a good time than actually be having one. Yeah, that's a that's a fucked up psychological state. It's weird to be in, and like I would. I've never dated from social media. I never would. I mean, the capacity people have to yeah. be someone who they're not, even with the pictures. Oh, sure. You and couldn't trust the, even the picture, let alone what they're saying about themselves. Um, I, I mean, Tinder, I don't think was something that made people's lives. I mean, I'm sure there are Tinder marriages, but basically it's just... Uh, a hookup thing, is it not? I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, that can't be good for long-term human relations. To... It's too easy. <laughs> too easy. People could just get on an app and say they want right. to fuck, and someone wants to meet but them. I don't think and they this can go is, meet these people. I don't think this is really what most women ever wanted no. or still want. I don't think it's in their DNA to not be Tinder-like. Uh, they want Tinder, not Tinder. And yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't I, I read an article about it. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm an expert. I've never been on Tinder. I wouldn't know what it looked like on an app if I saw it. But I read this article. I think it was in a Vanity Fair or something. And it described this girl who, you know, does it. The guy's like, hey, what's up? And like, they meet. They fuck. She said she's getting dressed. And she turns around and he's sitting on the bed on Tinder. <laughs> so before he had got his clothes back on, he was back on the site, I That's guess. That's crazy. Well, it's sad. It's sad. Well, and, it's, an, and it, it's it's like a game too, right? And I hope that girl never did it again on Tinder, and I bet you she didn't because, Oof. I mean, you know, if you give men the opportunity to be that disposable, they probably will, a lot of them. You know, I mean, men are, especially young men, are feral creatures. <laughs> They're yeah. a moose in the street. And but do you think that those should be, obviously they should be legal, right? You should be able to meet people online. So how do you avoid it becoming something? Oh, I'm not get... saying not illegal. Oh, Maybe you only d- let a guy go on like one date a week. <clears throat> <laughs> like you have a limit, you know, like like give you a limit <clears throat> of gigabytes you can upload. You got a limit of one date a week no, from it. No, this is not something that can be solved with government it can't be, regulations. Right? And we're not saying that. But it's <clears throat> it's it becomes I think uh, if you were using it a, a so, any social media <clears throat> where you're doing something and something is happening back you say something someone responds you argue on Twitter someone argues back it, you're playing a game it's not just as simple as right. you're having a conversation about something you're also trying to win this weird social media game and I think that can apply to dating I think it apply to gambling I think there's a lot of people that are like heavy-duty gambling online now because it's exciting right but 
another bad thing uh, that social media type type stuff and the phone has done is <clears throat> atrophied people's social skills. Right. Um, <clears throat> I talked to some girl, some I don't know where it was, a long time ago, maybe five, six years ago. I remember she was saying to me, uh, I said, do you ever been on Tinder? She said, <clears throat> you know, I tried it a couple of times, but, <clears throat> excuse me, it's always like I get on and, oh, okay, there's a guy. He looks kind of cute. He doesn't seem like a psycho. And then apparently if you match with each other, then you can start messaging, right? So the guy would just, she'd say, hi, how you doing? And what's up? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm good. Uh, how are you doing tonight? What are you? What's up? You know, like they could not even make a conversation right. over texting. It was just like, want to hook up? You know, hmm. and women need a little courting and deserve it, you know? And it's fun. It's That's part of the fun. Do you think and people will change because of I this? I think they have changed. Do you think, yeah. I'm telling you. I don't right. think men know how to do it anymore. And also, people... That younger generation, that Gen Z generation, finds it almost uh, aggressive, too aggressive to be approached in person. Ooh. You have to do it over social media. They feel safer that way. Hmm. Where if some guy comes up to you right across the room, hi, I'm Brad Handsome and I saw you from across the room. Like that's a little too like, ooh, you should give me a trigger warning that right, you're right, actually right. going to approach me in person, be a normal person, and, and text me first so I know it's coming. Yeah. You know, what a, a generation of, 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 you know, frail people. That's not good for the country in or being, them. Yeah, and trying to be so sensitive, we've created people that need that oh. sensitivity. And I think there's a balancing act that's being missed on, on people that hate people's descriptions of reality that are uncomfortable to them like that's important it's important to know you know like this uh, this idea yes. that the truth is shameful you're shaming people with the truth like stop it not with me joe no not with you not with me and not with you no but it's uh it's impossible to find on anything that's corporate sponsored it's so hard like when you watch any kind of television show where they're giving opinions and they're giving it in this an environment where there's a, a, a giant group of people behind the scenes and executives and producers is it's very hard to just talk shit like look what happened to Whoopi all she did was have an opinion on the Holocaust where white people killing white people and maybe she phrased it in a way that wasn't the best or maybe if you gave her a chance to illuminate it better upon further consideration she would have had another but you're thinking in real time you're, well, think, you're thinking, out, and so that one thing that she said, where you could say, "Oh, I could see where other people could see it wrong, or, or that I, or what I was saying was wrong, or in, insensitive, or whatever it was," but people still, you like, you have to take off work, you have to stop working. But her whole, her whole working yeah. is talking shit, right. right? I mean, those girls are sitting around, they're talking I, about stuff. I That's their work. I defended her. Yeah, me too. Uh, even though I thought her statement was. Very wrong and is yeah, very wrong. It's incorrect. Uh, but and she had just attacked me the week before about COVID, so I had every reason to like get back at her, but I didn't. Good for you. Because good I, for you. Well, the principle is most important. Yes. And but what, good for you. Thank, still, yeah. it's, that's, uh, we need more of that. What I said about it was, you can't expect to have um, treated black people the way white people have treated them in this country for all these centuries, uh, and have them have the same opinion on everything.
It's a good point. It's it's a very different opinion. I don't agree with it. I don't even think it's factually accurate. I know it's not. But she has the right to express it, and she shouldn't have to be punished for it. And I totally understand why she might feel that way. Because if I had had that background, I might feel that way. And you have to allow that in society. That should be something that the woke are championing. You, you would think they for would. Sure. You think you think they would understand that, since they're always making everything about race, and a lot of America is about race. And certainly, you're just going to come up with a very different point of view. And there should be if that. You're a black person of her age, especially yes. in this country. And so, you know, you're right. To make someone sit home, it's, it's just silly. It's just gross. Also, it's just fucking should, gross. There should be that opportunity to confront that argument. Or that that what maybe she would have adjusted it in real time if someone confronted her on it would have, who had more information, someone she respected, or just who the say fuck knows? It's, I'm it's part not of there. Thinking. Yeah, just say I'm not there with you on that. I don't right. like tattoos. Right. So what? Uh, Move having, on. Next. You, but you're asking someone to have a conversation in real time. Like you're asking them to have opinions on but, things that maybe they didn't even think they were going to discuss. Like maybe she didn't even have. Maybe she didn't know that this is what they were going to talk about. Right. I mean, I don't know what they're, how they're doing it, but if they're doing it like a real conversation, I would assume a lot of it is just free flow. Yes, of course it is. Of course, you've, right? You've seen the view. So you got to let the, uh, that's, <laughs> let them do it. Like, right. that's what they're doing. What if I have to pee? You go pee. Right now? Yeah, we'll pause. Okay. We'll be right back. Bill Maher has to pee. Bill Maher, I was way too high about 20 minutes ago, so disregard everything I said. <laughs> I'm back now. Woof. <laughs> forgot don't how strong worry, that Joe, shit is. I... I, know I was in the middle of some nonsensical I know the explanation of uh, how I felt about the view. Oh. I was like, where no. am I going with Actually, the, you, I were, I, you were right I'm on right. about that. Yeah. No, I definitely was in that way. It's just, um, I think that's one of the cool things about you being able to do your show. It's clear that you can do your show and you can speak your mind about things in a way that is very uncommon in um, late night talk shows. Oh, it's, it's very uncommon. Well, I mean, first of all, like we were saying before about the difference between when I started, when you couldn't be political or they didn't want you to, and I was like, let's give it a shot. Let's see if, even yeah. if people disagree with me, they still might watch it. Mm -hmm. Versus now, where you better toe the line. Yeah. And so the politics comes first and the comedy comes second, which is really not the way it should be. And, you know, when you see... Like, like, if there's somebody who announces they're gay on TV, which is great. I'm so glad that people can do that. I applaud with you. But, like, and then they're like, well, that was very brave. It's brave when people boo at you. <laughs> when, when you announce something and everyone erupts in applause, that, that's not brave, right? I right. mean, it's, I'm glad it can happen in America. I'm glad there's this level of acceptance. But, I mean, the audience acts like it's... It's like, great, okay, you're gay, it's fantastic, I'm happy for you. But they act like it's some sort of, like, uh, achievement, you know. And I guess it's some kind of, a, it can be an achievement to come out. Um, but again, to do something in front of an audience that is adoring you for it, right. good, I'm glad it's happening. But it's just like the audience feels like, I'm such a good person because I'm applauding a person who who announced they're gay, that makes me a good person. And there's that feeling 
in I feel like in that kind of audience that they're playing to that makes it hard to do comedy because that's a very politically correct mindset. Yeah, it really is. It's it's very difficult to have that kind of a mindset and mock things because everything right. you're mocking becomes a victim. So it's like a real real problem with comedy. That's because right. when you're mocking things, you, you're an ableist if you mock, mock a stupid person, right? right? You're an ableist. Because you're okay and this person's fucked up. Right. Ugh. But that is stupid. That's it, yeah. itself it's stupid. The problem is like it's the enemy of comedy. Only that a kind stupid, of thinking. Only a stupid person would think that wasn't stupid. <laughs> it's all but it's always very weird when people want to control the way people think and, and speak. And that that's a thing that we've always been very nervous about throughout history. You know, whenever in in history, whenever dissent against the king was was you could get killed, right? Yeah. And well, sure. everybody was very careful about what they said, right? Because well, if you said the wrong thing, they'd cut your fucking head off. And that's still the case in some parts of the world. Yes, not just the king. But that's where uh, it always goes. That's where it yes, always goes. But, it always goes to, you shut the fuck up or I'll kill you. It always goes there. Uh, yes. I mean, Stalin had a famous uh, slogan, no person, no problem. <sighs> Uh, which uh, Saddam Hussein thought was great and adopted it in his country. <laughs> like if, if, if there's a problem with this person and he disappears, Putin loves to push people out windows and poison them. No person, no problem. I mean, it is the easiest way to solve a problem. It's not the right way. I don't care who knows it. I don't think that's the right way to do it. But yes, I mean, stopping people from talking. Now, of course, in this country now, we have lots of ways to stop people from talking short of killing them and pushing them out of windows and stuff. But, I mean, a lot of people would say I would be one of them that, you know, cancel culture and uh, intimidating people and stamping out uh, thought that isn't, uh, you know, our friend Elon Musk getting into Twitter, I think, is about that. It's right. about somebody saying, you know, it, it wasn't cool that they didn't allow the lab leak theory to be talked about. Right. For months, you couldn't even mention it. And it, that is certainly something that was open to question. I mean, it was like, to me, the very kind of issue that if Twitter was really doing the job it should, would be a healthy forum for people to go back and forth and say, well, here's why I think COVID probably came from bats, because A, B, and C. And then, well, but, you know, there was this lab in Wuhan that was studying coronaviruses, and somebody could have walked out with it on their shoe. Can't we even look into that? For Twitter to take that off, that, to me, was a huge red flag. It's crazy. It was crazy because it wasn't resolved. It just wasn't resolved. It wasn't resolved amongst virologists. No, it wasn't resolved amongst. It, there was there was no way they could know. Even the Biden administration admits that. Yeah. That we they say, yeah, it's absolutely a possibility. I know uh, Redfield, the former head of the CDC, firmly believes it was in a lab. But again, that becomes the conservative view. Yeah. For what fucking reason? Why would I? I can't even follow the logic of why we pick. Okay, if you think it came from the wet markets, you're a Democrat, and if you think it came out of the lab, you're a Republican. It's like, what the fuck does that have to do with Republican or Democrat? It's the same as everything. It's just right. fucking pure tribalism. The 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 Democrats that do think it came out of a lab tell you like this. They tell you like this. <laughs> really? Out of a lab. Really? Yeah, yeah they're it's careful. They're, they cover the mic on their phones. 
Yeah. It's that toxic. Oh, 100%. Yeah. See, I, <laughs> not I, not as much now. I think it's one of those things that's been accepted well, because it's been there's been New York Times articles on it. There's been a lot right. of like people, it's, yeah, cover it, of Newsweek. Remember? Well, I I think this probably comes from the fact that somebody thought that it was racist to think that it came from the lab like that was the lab that the white people funded I, the lab this high-tech lab it seems mm-hmm. it would be more much more racist to think it came out of eating right. that primitive fucking crazy food that you're eating in the right. wet market you're eating the chicken of the cave the, as they called it in anchorman to bats um so you know it's just it's just silly it's just silly. It's a scientific issue. It, is, it should have yeah. no political dimension at all. Yeah, I mean, if, if it was the other way, like if it purely, absolutely came, if all the evidence was pointing that it came from an animal, and then someone was just like coming up with this idea that it came from a lab, you'd go, what the fuck are you talking about? You'd right. want to go look at that. Like, what are you talking about? Tell me, sh- tell me what you're saying. Show, right. me, show me this nonsense. But because it's the other way, it's like, what are you talking about? It came from a lab? No, it's everyone saying it came from a lab now. A lot of people are saying it came from a lab. Maybe it came from a lab. I'm not saying they're right, but I'm saying that if you don't, if you don't talk about it, something crazy's going on. Because either you want to look at things for what they really are, or you have this ideological like box that your ideas have to live in. And if you and say it came from a lab, you're a, a Trump supporter. You you know you hate democracy you hate gays like you can like stuff it in a box like that it gets weird with certain subjects. Yeah, I mean this one got somehow balled up with uh, anti-Asian racism. That um, now Trump of Crazy. course uh, always never finds any issue that he can't make worse. Um, I mean he he saw an opportunity here as he usually does to uh, uh, cater I think and pander to his base. Who some of whom definitely are racist, and some of whom definitely like it when he does things like that. But I don't have any uh, objection to calling it the Wuhan virus because every virus has been named after the place it came from. I mean, you can't almost not name a virus that is not named <laughs> after where it came from. I Ebola know. and yeah. Nile River. And, you know, Spanish uh, flu, Spanish flu, uh, MERS is yeah. Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome. I mean, it's not not everything is about racism. I mean, that's that's, again, one of those common sense things that it's not a Republican point of view. It's just that's the, the world. It's not everything is racial. Yeah, it's a serious issue, of course, still in America. It's America's biggest sin ever in our history. But it's not everything. It's you know what I think is happening. I think everything is getting better, but it gets better like a wave. It gets really fucked up, and then it centers out in a better, more reasonable place. And people get really crazy about you know sexual uh, d- d- like determination, your gender or sexual orientation, gay or straight. People get really crazy about it, and then I think it's eventually going to like settle down and just be everybody just accepts everything. Just be who you are. Nobody gives a fuck anymore. All of the discrimination about anything other than who you actually are is ridiculous. You think that's going to happen? It could, it's getting better 
than it used to be, right? It's like humanity keeps getting more and more accepting. I don't. I for don't. the most part, there's resistance to it, but for the most part, people are way more accepting about alternative lifestyles oh, today. Well, oh, accepting. Like gay people, like uh, gay people get married. The way we look at it's differently. It's different than people who lived in the 50s. Yes. And, and it keeps getting better, right? right? And that's great. But I think all of this, but, like whether it's racism or, or homophobia or any any like like real fear of people getting watch, latched into a toxic mindset the reason why they have it is because they're recognizing that everything does kind of do this it swings back and forth and it's getting better but it doesn't get better in a clean like delineation it's it's not like all of a sudden everybody's good it's like they're bad and they're good and they're better and over a hundred years we figure shit out that's that yeah. seems to be the pattern of humans we overreact especially in america yeah the pendulum always swing never lands in the middle it's also hard to tell who's right are they right are they right who's right some, Some people thing. are very compelling and they're wrong. I, they have compelling arguments, but they're wrong. And you and, get sucked into that like shit. And I don't trust anything. I mean, whatever I'm told, I'm like, I'm thinking this is probably half the story. And if right. I talk to someone on the other side, they'll have, I mean, so many times uh, I get some information. A lot of people send me information or tell me things. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I... I I'm I'm definitely not going to say this until I run it by the research department at my show. Yeah, and I have the I have some pretty brilliant guys and women who just that's what they do. They check shit out. Do you ever have one that's like on the borderline where you're like, what, how much of this is real and how much of this is horseshit? Yeah, and you don't know well, what to do with it. I still don't. Yeah. We just talked about the one with the, the what's in the vaccine. The yeah, poly. Yeah. Yeah, the, that, that polyethylene, yeah. whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I don't. That shit. I, I don't mean, know if that's real. I, no. It, do we find out if that's real? It's it's. Did we ever find out if that stuff is actually in the vaccine? Like, because Aaron Rodgers said that he was a, allergic to a thing. We assumed it was that thing. I don't thing. think there's an ingredient list anywhere to find what's oh, in the vaccine. Really? I think we've looked before. There should be, and I think there is. I mean, I think they put one out. I just don't know if I trust it. Could you just Google, is uh, yeah. that stuff in <laughs> vaccines? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck it's called. Is that stuff. That that's, stuff, that bad stuff. Bad for some people. That's the problem too, right? The biological variability of human beings, like things that will really fuck some people up, have zero effect on other people. It's weird. We're, we're, we're not the same thing. It's like a one-size-fits-all approach to medicine no. is just as crazy as clothes. That's why I keep saying, like, I'm glad we have the vaccine. Yes. And it is appropriate for lots of people. It's, Agreed. It's a very yes. necessary. And it Recommended. Will, and it will stop you from uh, dying. But don't point to me or any particular person and say, uh, well, you know, you've— you have a different approach, and you talk to different doctors, and you have different point of view. This is the most personal thing in the world is my own health. What the fuck was that all about when we went through the, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor? Remember that? Yeah. It was the biggest political right, right. issue. With Obama was not completely honest about that. It turned out to be only about 2% of the people who didn't get to keep their doctor. But the whole point of... If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor is I get to take the advice of my doctor. I know right. doctors who are dissenting of opinion about everything that's gone on with COVID. I want to keep my doctor. Yeah. And there's no point in keeping them unless I can listen to them. I get my information from lots of different people. And by the way, Dr. Google. Yeah. It's not an insult to doctors that there's Dr. Google. They don't like it. 
that there is someone who they can be checked against, you know. And of course, it's all how good a researcher you are. I mean, I have a researcher who does nothing but medical research for me. I feel like it's pennies on the dollar to pay for somebody to do that at my age. That's such a baller move. I have a medical researcher. Right. It is. That's a great move. And a smart one. That's a good pennies move. Pennies on the dollar. Because what could be more valuable right. than getting someone to research medical stuff and know exactly what you're saying? Medical yeah. information. And of course, doctors themselves disagree. Mm-hmm. That's why I have her doing it. Because it's like sometimes I need, okay, you got to referee this. Yeah. Because what do doctors always say? What do doctors always say when yeah. you have anything wrong with you that's more complicated than a fucking broken arm? Get a second opinion. Yeah. Which tells you, A, it's an opinion. It's not a fact. It's an opinion. We're all just guessing here. And you need a second one. Yeah. And it hardly ever matches the first. So they're all guessing. There's definitely an element of guessing. So, you know? It's, it's the major part of it yeah. is guessing, especially with Lyme disease. You think that's such just a guess? What are we going to... They don't know how to fix it. They, they don't, don't know, know how, how to, to fix, fix it, but they know one of the effective treatments for a lot of people is a heavy dose of antibiotics right away. And the okay. people that I know that have recovered, yeah. that's what they've done. Yeah, I agree. They know that. That's that's not really helpful if you get it too late or or, that's you're, true. or you're one of those people who doesn't work that's on and maybe it'll come back in 10 years. And mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't know. Usually antibiotics don't usually kill everything that they're supposed to kill. They kill enough to keep your body able to keep it in check. Mm. It's like... It's like the police don't kill every criminal. They just there's a <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> there you know, it's not the purge. Right. You right. know, that there's they just you take antibiotics and and whatever is in you that's not good, it'll kill it usually. I mean, it usually does it by competing with food. Like that's that's why um, you know, when you take antibiotics, you kill the good bacteria, the bad bacteria and the fungus proliferate because right. you have you have their food supply you know, you've you've helped them, <laughs> but in twenty twenty two, it's the only way to deal with some diseases, like some of some course. ailments. You have to take it. Of course, I'm yeah. not against. I'm it's thrilled. Like the Steve Jobs thing we were talking about oh, earlier. No, it's very really similar, right? Believe me, one of the things I'm worried about is living in a post antibiotic world because we are rapidly approaching that. Right. Because the antibiotics, because of overuse. Uh, don't work as much as they used to, and the pharmaceutical companies don't put money into researching new ones because there's no money in it. They don't want you to on antibiotics because you take them for a week. They want you on the shit that you have to take forever. Do you really think it's a conspiracy to not develop good it's antibiotics? Not cons- it's not a conspiracy. It's just where the bottom line is. That's if they t- true, but if it becomes something that, like, they're you, not in, they're do not- you know anybody who had MRSA? MRSA, yeah, or, it, sure. It's a scary one, right? Absolutely. I, I have friends who were really young and healthy, and they got MRSA, and one of them was in the hospital for like a month. It was very touch and go, very dangerous. I'd they, be worried about it if I were you, because you're probably in locker rooms with other like, <laughs> like weightlifters, and isn't that where you get it, taking showers with other men? I think people get it from a bunch of different kinds of infections, but sometimes they get it, unfortunately, in hospitals. Yes, sometimes they get absolutely. it, and they might have actually had it on their skin. It's like, but I think locker rooms. The, st- are also the a- staff infection is on your skin. I think right. maybe maybe locker rooms for staff. Yeah, right. It's probably pretty common. I, I know it's common in some jujitsu gyms. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I would never. I've had it. I've had staff. Oh, you have. I've had it twice. Wow. See, yeah. That's why I don't go to locker rooms or woods. Yeah. Or moose farms. I get I it, just... man. But you know what? People that like jujitsu, they just accept it as part of the risk of doing it. 
And what, you took antibiotics? To yeah, get... I took antibiotics. It was wild, yeah. though. Um, I didn't even know I had it. I, I, I had shorts on. My friend Tate looked over at my calf, and he's like, hey, what's going on with your calf? And I go, what's, what's going on with my calf? And there's like these little red dots. He goes, dude, get that looked at. He goes, that looks like staph. I go, really? And he goes, yeah. And I went right to the doctor. The doctor goes, yep, that looks like staph. Took a little, it was, I mean, it just looked like zits on my leg. The doctor mm-hmm. took a sample of it just in case, and then they were run the sample, but she was 99% short with staph. And so she immediately got me on a high dose of antibiotics. And it killed it. But it was a wild feeling while I was killing. I was like, whoa. Like, those antibiotics wreck you, or wreck me at least. I they took do. them, and I was like, holy shit. Imagine being on this all the time. Yes. Holy fuck. Oh, they can they can just, just really destroy you. I, mean, I felt they... so weak and tired. I was just like, Ugh. I had no energy to do anything while my body is, like, fighting right. off this stuff. Well, it's right in the name, antibiotic. Yeah. I mean, it's anti-life. I mean, that's... Right, and, right, And again, right. not to keep coming back to the point that they don't know a hell of a lot, but I assume in the future they will have something better than the general theory of if there's something in you that's bad, we kill everything. Torch the fields. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, just... Well, it's interesting, those little, these things that they're developing, these sort of little nanobots. Have you seen any of that stuff? I've read about it, yeah. That's really fascinating because if they could get that to work, you could target individual problems. They could target things, like maybe even target tumors. Like they could send it down to whatever that cancer tissue is. I mean, they've been talking about that forever, and I'm sure they're working on it. I'm sure people way smarter than us I'm sure have devoted their lives and I appreciate that but the bottom line is we're still not there no I mean the bottom line is if you get a cancer diagnosis I mean it's not a immediate death sentence depending on where and what it is and a lot of other different factors but it's not good news it's not good news and it's not I mean it's not Something that they can just say to you, oh, we know exactly why you got it, and we know exactly what to do to take it out completely. Mm-hmm. That world we don't exist in yet. And until we do, don't look at me with the just do what we say look. I'm just, just you're just not there. Is that where you draw the line? Tumors? <laughs> That's it. When I draw the figure line out way, tumors. I draw the line I mean, way What kind of a world where there'll be, do you, do, do you ever think we're going to live in a world with no diseases and no issues? Or do you think it's just going to be an ease of uh, fixing those things? Have I, you thought about well, that, like through CRISPR and all uh, of these yeah. gene editing? Well, I will be, uh, I have 34 years before I'm 100. Wow, that's wild. So, <laughs> it's wild to say it that way. So, that's wild. And I feel like, you know, people live to 100. It's actually more common than ever. Yeah. Lot, some people would say it's actually the, the normal human lifespan because there are those blue zones in the world where mm-hmm. there are sections of the world where people normally, I mean, routinely, yep. the whole community, that's about the average lifespan. Um, we probably live less because we have bad habits. But if you live a, a healthy life, uh, you probably can live to 100. So I'm my thing is, okay. I, they got like 34 years to figure out mortality. That's a long time. 
Ray Kurzweil mm-hmm. says the the, sol- the solidarity begins in like six years from now, 2028. He said when man and machine become fully integrated with each other. I think that's part of the solution. Yep. Um, you know, as long as they can keep your brain and your dick alive, I mean, I, I'm good. The rest of it can all be replaced. They can fucking tattoo it if they want. I just, I just want those parts that are wearing out and the internal organs, of course, also. I mean, you know, they must be, you know, have a lot of mileage on them. And, you, of course, we all wonder if what we did uh, as foolish youths mm-hmm. uh, is a, how much that's affecting us now. I smoked for 20 years. I mean, I'm sorry I did. It was stupid. Uh, I quit at 40, but, you know, is that going to come back and haunt me? Uh, I think the good news about cigarette smoking and cancer is the risks are greatly diminished within a certain period of time after quitting. Like, it's one of those things where they say the way your body turns it around is actually pretty good. As opposed to right. like some yeah. different different kinds of irritations, but if you could just quit in time, do you, that, think, do you think smoking a joint is bad for us? It's not as bad. It's not, a different oh, thing. Of course, it's not as bad. It's but probably, do you think it's bad at all? I it, mean, it's smoke in your lungs. It is smoke in your lungs, but isn't the smoke of one thing very dissimilar to the smoke of another? Like like steam. Is we like people like steam, right? They like a hot steam room. They like right. to breathe that in. We don't think there's anything dangerous about that. Cigarettes are very different than marijuana. It's very different in the chemical profile. It's very different in the right. way it makes your body react, all the different shit in it. I don't know a lot of people that have like heavy lung problems right. from smoking joints, but I believe they're probably real. But the, 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 like, to compare them for whatever reason doesn't make any sense because the people that smoke cigarettes, a lot of them have problems. Oh, of course. It's I like mean, cigarettes, real common to hear about cancer. like 200 different types of carcinogens right. Right. in a cigarette. It's all poison. You don't hear about that from weed people, like no. heavy weed smokers. No, I know but you never smoke. know. I mean, are we getting the butane not, when the, yeah, the light? You know, sure. I mean, there's lots of stuff that we... It's not uh, the best. No. No, it's not the best thing for you. <laughs> it's not. It's not health food. I mean, I've had yeah. hip, I've had hippies try to tell me it's actually beneficial. That oh, it's you know, coning your lungs with the turpentines or terrapins <laughs> or whatever the fuck. I don't know. It's yeah. They say it's Todd protective. McCormick would know yeah. the, those, the answer yes. to that. Those you know those. I, my eyes glaze over whenever I've heard it a billion times. All the different things about pot and hippies go so hard for oh, weed. Oh, so hard, and it's yeah. like you know what I just. Drug culture. I'm not into the culture. I just like the drugs. Okay, the culture I could live without. And the, the is that the case with almost everything? Like the culture, of the thing. Sometimes people people connect themselves to cultures of things. Well, I you know, mean, whether it's drug culture or whether it's a political cert- culture, it's like people looking for you know drug users. Yeah, love to play with drugs. I mean, when you're <laughs> into a certain drug, very often. So much of your life revolves around with getting it, preparing it, yeah. relighting it, redoing it, re something. It's just <laughs> they just it. It's like I must say again. I'm kind of like patting myself on the back for my pot use in life, but I used pot wisely. Like <laughs> I, I I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be talking to Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Experience if it wasn't for marijuana. I'd be probably selling shoes in New Jersey or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, I always, I try to get something out of it every time I smoke. I don't just smoke and like zone out and watch a movie, you know. Right. I, I smoke and like write something or, you know, I mean, it's, it's to me, it's a very uh, productive experience. So if it has taken away some of my health, I'm willing to accept that trade-off, whereas cigarettes did nothing but make me unhealthy. They did nothing that made me better, smarter, 
cooler. Like you think you are when you're 20 and you first light a cigarette. You think, oh, that's cool, and it's not. It's just stupid. You're just, and it, and of course, it's it's not easy to start a cigarette habit. You have to really insist. Your body, <laughs> your body, of course, hates it. It's disgusting. That's such a good point. And you just have to like insist. Same with liquor. It's just right. It's disgusting. Even you have the best. To, you have to make yourself get used to these coffee. Yeah, doesn't really tastes good to a child <laughs> right it's so true there's so okay. many things that are like that that All you right. have to force yourself into enjoying joe i have to catch a plane dude I, you got to catch a plane I, I, listen it's been so, a lot of fun bill so much i really fun. enjoyed I, it very much the only reason i'm bowing out is because i'm listen i gotta get back to, I'm, I'm very wow. excited that you're in the podcast realm so Thank tell you. people how to how to get yours well where, that's where to go. right i'm such a bad plugger of my own shit club random um, and uh, hopefully you'll be in LA sometime and do it. I would love to do it. I'd love to do it. Amazing time. Yeah, just like we did today. I'm sure. <clears> I always and, enjoy talking uh, to you, Matt. Wait, wait, fuck, Jamie. What are you doing? <laughs> wait, wait, no, wait. Jesus fucking Go Christ! Just let me that? get my oh, plugs this, in. This okay. is it. Oh, it's oh, Club Random. That's, oh, there, it right that's what it looks that's like. That, oh, that's cool. There's my Club Random. Look at you, bro. It's like a fucking regular podcast studio that Red Band would design. Yes. Look with the lights moving around. That's a Red Band move. It's a club, and that's nice. It's uh, I mean, wherever you get podcasts. I mean, okay. uh, it's like Apple, you, yes, Spotify, all that right? Okay. I don't know, but yeah, Spotify owns your ass. But I don't. <laughs> I guess I guess they are. Are you on Spotify? Yeah. If they don't own, okay. So I guess well, you get if it you, there. I'm sure they uploaded your. Stuff I'm sure to they do because it it, yeah. it it went to one on Apple the first. That's week fantastic. When we had uh, Quentin Tarantino on. Right. We've got uh, you know. But I also have a, a, a stand-up special on HBO that starts Friday, so that's going to be. I'm very excited about that. Called Beautiful. Adulting. And, Will that also be on uh, HBO? What is it? Max? Yeah, is I'm that sure. what the thing is? I'm sure. If I do, it used to be <clears throat> Plus, and now it's Max. Is that I what think it is? that's right. Yes, <clears throat> something like that. The HBO app, whatever it is. Does he look like Alec Baldwin or am I? No, not at all. You got way too high. You got way too high. He kind of does. He looks like a young Alec Baldwin. Uh, Jamie, put a camera on yourself. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't just, trust him. Okay, what the fuck? What okay. the fuck? I don't think that so. does not look I'm the first like today, I'm the first guy to say that. You're too high. Okay. Too, we're going to have to end this for your own good. We've already said a bunch of nonsense, right. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Congratulations you, on being the king, Joe. Thank you, sir. Everyone's Appreciate gunning it. for you. Oh, no, But we'll never get there. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Ah, and, pleasure. And uh, good luck with your podcast. Thank you. I'm looking forward to being on it. Appreciate and, it. Um, bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>